Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show for July 22nd. A very historic day, July 22nd, 2022. I am JD from New York, as always, coming to you from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings Wherever you may be. Man, I, uh, all my excitement, man, earlier today went live. I was actually, I was actually at the mall shopping and I got the notification that Vince McMahon had retired. Sped home, went live at around 5.30, 5.45. I, I stayed live up until about 
maybe 15 minutes before SmackDown went on the air, man. All my excitement legitimately went right out the window, man, as soon as that stream was over. Now, it's great to be excited. It really is. You know, you're excited at the moment, and you're excited about what happened today. Paul Levesque is the new head of talent relations again. He resumes the role that he had before. John Laurinaitis came in, and before they wiped the fucking slate clean with what Triple H did, wiped away his entire legacy, now he's back. John Laurinaitis is fired. And we have Vince McMahon on the same day that Paul Levesque was named head of talent relations once again. Vince McMahon retires at the age of 77, is no longer affiliated with the WWE. He is not a head of creative. He is not the CEO. He is not the, the boss that we all grew up with. He's gone. Vince McMahon is finished. SmackDown tonight, Stephanie McMahon came out in the aftermath of her father being, I guess, Stephanie McMahon obviously is going to herald Vince McMahon as a hero. Vince McMahon obviously can be looked at as a hero by some in the community. Uh, I mentioned this explicitly on the show earlier. I am not here to dance around, and I'm not here to celebrate in the man's career and what he's done for the wrestling business. Fuck that. I'm not here to do that. You want to go listen to somebody show you a fucking history lesson on Vince McMahon? Go listen to somebody else. I'm not going to sit here and tell you about the, the, the accomplishments of Vince McMahon. I'm not. Or how many superstars he's created and how, how much money he's made W. I don't give a fuck about Vince McMahon. Good riddance. It's, it's over. It's over. Stephanie McMahon with the lights of the news that Vince McMahon has retired, came out to start SmackDown tonight, stood in the middle of the ring and said her father retired from WWE earlier in the day, sounded like she was going to cry. Fans booed legitimately in Boston. I don't expect anything less from the Bostonians. Fans booed when Stephanie McMahon said Vince McMahon retired. Goes to show you how smart the people of Boston really are. This company is the company that he created and that he founded. He wanted to make sure in his retirement that he thanked all of you, the WWE Universe. Fans began chanting, thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. She laughed and said that the fans in Boston were jumping ahead of her. So please let me get there. She talked about the crew backstage, the crew out by the ring, and everybody that's holding a camera, and the commentary team, and the roster, and everybody. Everybody. Even Michael Cole, I guess, she says. She said, since he took time to thank them, it's time to thank him. And she led the charge with a, thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince chant in Boston. And that was pretty much it for Stephanie McMahon. Short, sweet, to the point, nothing of note, nothing of interest. Thank you, Vince. Let's move on and do business as usual. That was it. There was nothing else to be said about Vince McMahon. They're going to keep it as that, and nothing more will be said about Vince. Vince McMahon retired earlier in the day. 
He announced his retirement. He's leaving WWE. He has nothing to do with the creative aspect anymore in world wrestling entertainment. He said on Twitter, at 77, it is time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe, then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE. Hashtag thankful. He then put out a letter to the roster. He then put out a letter to the roster talking about everything and going over exactly why he made the decision to do what he did. And this was all a culmination of what PW, PW Insider said was the last seven to 10 days. So after the retirement, all this news started to come out about what Vince McMahon was doing and what led to this decision. And when this decision was decided upon, just to calm the, the mentality of the fucking geeks out there that still don't understand how great of a, of a decision this is, Vince McMahon did not wake up today at 77 years old and claim to his family, you know, I think today, today, July 22nd, 2022, is a great day where I could just, you know, say, walk away from WWE. I, I think I've had enough. I think I am going to retire. I'm going to sit on the beach. I'm going to put my feet in the sand. And I'm going to contemplate about that 20-something-year-old paralegal's tits. Vince McMahon didn't do that. Vince McMahon did not wake up today deciding to retire from World Wrestling Entertainment. Vince McMahon and the allegations that were brought against him, there was more on the way. Vince McMahon... He was in a world of shit. And the rumor going around was that the Wall Street Journal was going to unleash even more. So he walked away and thought that the best decision was to walk away, just cut ties completely with WWE, retire in every aspect of the company, and no longer become the focal point of the company bringing embarrassment to the company and making the company look bad and ruining the image of WWE, he decided to walk away. PW Insider reported that Vince McMahon privately made this decision to step down about a week or so ago. One source said the final decision was made about 10 days ago. So Stephanie McMahon is now co-CEO with Nick Khan, who is also a co-CEO. Nick Khan in the company how, how long has Nick Khan been in the company? Two years, three years? And Nick Khan is already a CEO of the company. I am, uh, you know, I sit here amongst you all, and I, and I know a lot of you have pretty much shared the same sentiment as me. Who was the whistleblower? Was it Stephanie? Was it Paul Levesque? Was it Nick Khan? Was it somebody else? Obviously, whoever is shilling this information to the Wall Street Journal obviously knows a lot of shit. So it's got to be somebody close to Vince McMahon. You know, I would not be shocked to find out that Nick Khan was the one who brought Vince McMahon down. I would not be shocked, you know? Everybody's, oh, it was his own daughter. No. It was Paul Levesque. It could have been Paul Levesque. He had, he had every fucking reason to. But no, I don't think it was Paul Levesque either. If I had to take a guess, I'd say it was Nick Khan. Nick Khan wanted to control the company anyway. Nick Khan, he got rid of Shane, right? 
He got rid of Paul Levesque. They took over all of the operation down on NXT. Stephanie McMahon was out the door. The only one left was Vince McMahon. Now he got Vince McMahon, and now he's stuck with Stephanie. Now he's running the company with Stephanie McMahon as co-CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment. PW Insider noted how the announcement was time for a Friday afternoon to kind of sway the negative fallout with the media and the shareholders of World Wrestling Entertainment. A small, close circle of people in the company knew ahead of time about the retirements. I'm sure Kevin Dunn and Stephanie McMahon and Bruce Pritchard all knew all of his glorified yes-men circle. Small circle knew about what was going to be said today about the retirement announcement, and it sent shockwaves throughout the entire company, especially among longtime employees. Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard are reportedly the point of interest here about running WWE from this point on, and especially tonight at SmackDown. Tonight's SmackDown was written by Bruce Pritchard and Ed Kosky and was overseen by Paul Levesque, is what was being reported. How long that lasts, I don't know. How long Bruce Pritchard remains, I don't know. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard, they are the two people there that also need to get the fuck out. The swamp needs to be drained of those two as well. Both of them are absolutely in no way, shape, or form Stephanie or Paul Levesque people. They will be gone. And actually, there is a rumor that Kevin Dunn may actually be gone as of the end of the weekend. He may just walk away on his own accord. So Vince will no longer be involved with the credit process. It still remains to be seen how Vince's retirement affects the day-to-day operations of the company, especially with the weekly television shows. Now, as far as Kevin Dunn is concerned, I did read an article on the entire thing earlier in the day when we were live, and Kevin Dunn apparently is expected to leave the company. Kevin Dunn also is a very, very powerful man in the company. If Kevin Dunn doesn't like you, if you look at him the wrong way, if you don't get him some Arm & Hammer whitening toothpaste for Christmas and put it in his uh, stocking stuffer, uh, he will pretty much own you and bury you. And if you have anything negative to say about him, he is somebody that is looked upon that could easily ruin your career. Kevin Dunn is expected by many within WWE to leave the company following the departures of both Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis. This is coming from Fightful Select. There are rampants and unconfirmed rumors floating around backstage at tonight's Friday Night SmackDown that Kevin Dunn could leave in the wake of Vince McMahon retiring. As it stands, these are unconfirmed rumors amongst talent backstage. Nothing is official right now. So he has been consistently ridiculed, as Kevin Dunn has for his consistent and unnecessary camera cuts to the extent that during SmackDown's debut on Fox in October 2019, the network reportedly took control over the quote-unquote Dunn-isms to provide a less jarring experience for the viewer. They have, however, since returned. Kevin Dunn has a job for life as long as Vince McMahon is there. Vince McMahon is no longer there. Apparently, Kevin Dunn's father saved the tape library back in the late 70s, early 80s, and apparently he would uh, go on and bestow uh, Kevin Dunn a life position in the company. Never, 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 never anything ever happened to this man. Nothing. He was always safe in the midst of cuts, 
in the midst of all the firestorm. Kevin Dunn had a protective bubble around him placed there by Vince McMahon. He promised Kevin Dunn's father that nothing would ever happen to him in any aspect as long as he is employed by World Wrestling Entertainment. John Moxley mentioned Kevin Dunn in his book. John Moxley, there were rumors of uh, of Kevin Dunn and, and you know his power getting in the way of several people's pushes on TV, who he doesn't like, who he likes. I remember reading something about Kevin Dunn not liking Becky Lynch's accent, and then obviously you saw what had happened when she was a babyface just on the cusp of breaking through. She would never make anything happen on TV because Kevin Dunn reportedly didn't like her accent. Now, that's obviously not the case now, but it goes to show you what the power of Kevin Dunn was actually capable of. And if he is gone, that is a blessing in itself. Vince McMahon, he did hold, or not Vince McMahon, but the company did hold in the aftermath of Vince McMahon uh, being you know, announced as stepping down completely and retiring. There was a 5 p.m. meeting with the roster Today, it was actually called an all-hands-on-deck meeting with employees this evening in WWE. And this was to simply address the news that Vince McMahon has retired from WWE. It was noted earlier in the press release that McMahon will remain the majority shareholder of the company. And his daughter Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan will serve as co-CEOs. An email was sent out to talent as well, like I said, talking about the retirement of Vince McMahon. The letter that Vince McMahon sent out to the roster reads as follows. As I approach 77 years old, OMG, am I really that old? Yes, you are. And you should have been gone 20 years ago. I feel like it's time for me to retire. Like I said, this is not something he woke up and looked himself in the mirror and thought, yeah, today's a good day. I think I'll retire from WWE. I've thoroughly enjoyed sharing my passion, my wisdom, and love of the business with you. No longer will you see the smiling, docile, level-headed, calm presence at Gorilla every week. Your dedication to WWE will ensure that our company will continue to grow and prosper. Our organization is nothing without you. You are WWE's only natural resource chosen to perform in front of a global audience. You are all WWE global ambassadors. Carry the WWE flag wherever you go. Wave it high and proud and bust your ass to be all that you can be as a person and as a performer. You know, everything kind of just lines up perfectly, man, with this entire Vince McMahon, you know, going into the Titus O'Neil fucking bizarre appearance on Monday, which led to Paul Levesque getting rehired back as head of talent relations. Everything this week, man, just flowed in such a way where now we see, looking back at it, as it connected all the dots to where we see everything as we see it now. Titus O'Neil came out on Monday talking about, uh, you know, togetherness, and this is a place where, you know, nothing about religion is talked about, and all this, he was hyping up everything about WWE on Monday Night Raw. And, you know, i seen some, some people online Oh, Titus is from, from Tampa. Uh, WWE emanated Raw from Tampa, Florida on Monday. Oh, Titus is from Tampa. Oh, oh Titus is running for political office in Tampa. I- I'm sorry. When, when was Titus O'Neil last used on fucking television? When was Titus O'Neil ever brought out 
to television in the last in the last couple of years. The last time I remember Titus being on television is that he tried to shake Vince McMahon's hand during a fucking presentation on national live television, and he got suspended for six months. That's the last time I remember seeing Titus on television. How many times has WWE been to Florida? Yet they didn't trot out Titus O'Neil. So give me this, give me this bullshit rhetoric online, and, and I'm gonna throw one right back at you. Seriously. This was done, and I even said so on Twitter. This sounded like it was a deflection from what Vince McMahon had coming to him in the weeks to come following the allegations that have already been brought to the public spotlight. Who knows what would have been uncovered and what those people found and what they have yet to unleash on the public. So they sent out global ambassador, good guy, how can you hate Titus, Titus Catering, to calm the flames. It was all a political agenda. It was all a narrative to get Vince McMahon and his his guilty pleasures and all of his bad away from the public spotlight. So they sent Titus O'Neil out there. They sent him out there, and then I read the report about the Wall Street Journal possibly unleashing another bombshell or two this week. And then I read a report that HBO Sports is going to have interviews with former ex-WWE superstars back around the time that was noted in the allegations and in the reports around that 2005-2008 you know, era of WWE. There was a line in the allegations where there was a $7.5 million hush payment paid to somebody that was an active in-ring performer on the women's roster that apparently had sexual relations with Vince McMahon. And then when she didn't want to engage in any more sexual relations, the promised contract that Vince McMahon promised her was denied. And then she was outright fired. So then she was given $7.5 million to shut up. So... I don't know who HBO is going to get, or HBO Sports. I don't know who they're going to get to to be interviewed, but who the fuck knows what was going to be said, if that's still in play, if that's still in play, if that's in production still. I don't know. So who knows what would have been uncovered there. Then we got Paul Levesque, as of today, Friday. Paul Levesque renamed head of talent relations. This is a a position that he held before John Laurinaitis came back, before they absolutely fucking exiled Triple H and all of his legacy out of WWE and out of NXT. John Laurinaitis came in. He was the head of talent relations. Uh, There were several on the roster that claimed he was a snake. He was very unpopular amongst the roster. He was ousted in these allegations with Vince McMahon. And then Bruce Prichard was named interim head of talent relations. The roster did not want that either. Bruce Pritchard, I don't even think, wanted it. I mean, he's lazy as it is. Why the fuck does he want another position? Executive producer of Raw, executive producer of SmackDown, running NXT, head of talent relations. How many hats does Bruce Pritchard have to wear? Seriously. So I don't even think it was a position that he wanted. So they made him interim. Now Triple H is back in charge. Out of here today... That with Triple H back in charge as head of talent relations. Oh, oh, oh JD, I, th- I thought you said that they tried to wipe his, his legacy clean. They did. They did. And they did it perfectly. That was when Vince McMahon was in charge, though. Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard and Nick Khan and all, all those geeks, John Lawrence, they wiped NXT clean. 
They absolutely demolished that. I don't even recognize it anymore. They did what they needed to do. Now Stephanie McMahon's in charge. Vince McMahon is gone. Now Stephanie McMahon is in charge. Stephanie McMahon is married to Paul Levesque, Triple H. Now Stephanie McMahon is giving the power back to Triple H that he never should have had taken away from him in the first place. You see how this works? They wiped his legacy clean. They erased him. I'm not taking back anything I said because they did exactly what I said they would do. And I did talk about this for weeks on end. I'm not taking anything back in regards to that. They did it. Now he starts from day one. Now he starts all over again. But Stephanie McMahon in charge, his wife. So Paul Levesque is now in charge, head of talent relations for WWE. That's not a decision that Vince McMahon would have made. If Vince McMahon was still in charge, Vince McMahon would not be giving Triple H his job back. Vince McMahon would have let Bruce Prichard hold that position until Vince McMahon found somebody worthy of grabbing his fucking balls and doing what Vince McMahon wanted him to do. That's what was going to happen. If you think Triple H was going to get this position back with Vince McMahon still in charge, you got another thing coming, man. You may be as dumb as I think you are. This is a Stephanie McMahon play. I've always said from day one, if Stephanie McMahon is really going to be in charge, there's a possibility for something like this to happen. He's got his position back. Now let's get him his brand back. But Vince McMahon has been removed from all power in WWE. All power. I want to read two things to you. I want to read two things to you. Number one, Gerald Briscoe. Gerald Briscoe fires back at fans who are celebrating Vince McMahon's exit from WWE. Listen, old man, fuckface. You could fire back at me all you want, bro. You could fire back at me all you want. Good riddance. There's a reason why you were a stooge for so many years during the Attitude Era for Mr. McMahon. Now you see why, and you're about to hear why. Ton of reaction today. And listen, I was the first one, man. I said, this is the greatest day in the history of the sport. This is the greatest day in the history of WWE. There are people out there. There are people out there that's, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them because this is the way I was with Stephanie McMahon taking over for WWE when Vince McMahon stepped back. He didn't step down. He stepped back. He was going to be reinstated as CEO if all of this investigation was wiped clean and he was found not guilty. So I'm this way as well. And I was that way when Stephanie McMahon was named interim CEO of the company. So if you think that Vince McMahon and this, you know, this whole situation of him retiring and him stepping away completely from everything, if you are reserved in believing it, Completely. I 100% don't blame you. I would I would be the first, listen, I'd be the first to join you on that fucking island, man. I'd be the first to say, you know, who's to say Vince McMahon's not running the fucking show from his penthouse in Stanford, Connecticut? Who's to say Vince McMahon isn't on a fucking beach island somewhere, on a fucking uh, paradise getaway somewhere, on the cell phone with Stephanie McMahon and Bruce Prichard, telling Bruce and Stephanie what he wants to do on the show? He even said in the letter to everybody, that he'd be willing to help no matter what. If they need him, he'll be there. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. This is Vince McMahon at the end of the day. I had those same reservations. Gerald Briscoe. 
longtime friend of Vince McMahon going back to 1984, took to Twitter to express his frustration about some of the fans celebrating the big news today. Briscoe tweeted, and I quote, disappointed to see all you jabronis celebrating the retirements of a man who created a world that gave you so much enjoyment growing up. If Vince never existed, all you marks would have sadder lives than you already do. End quote. And you want me to sit there and not celebrate Vince McMahon retiring. Meanwhile, this man worked with Vince McMahon since 1984. He was in the, in the midst of the greatest era that this company has ever seen. He was in the midst of its greatest popularity and worked alongside Vince McMahon on weekly television for years. And he came on Twitter today with Vince McMahon stepping away from the company completely and retiring to express his frustration about us celebrating that Vince McMahon is retired. He called us all jabronis. And he called us all marks and said that we would have sadder lives than you already do if Vince McMahon never existed. This is exactly what they think of us. This is exactly what Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and all of them think about us. So why is it bad for me to lead the charge in celebrating and waving the fucking balloons and popping the fucking champagne when someone like Vince McMahon is fucking gone. Good. Good riddance. Vince McMahon wrote the show to please himself and his own guilty pleasures. He has a team of 40 writers that wrote for him to get a laugh out of Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince would like that. Oh, Vince would enjoy that. Oh, Vince would find that funny. Vince would love to see him on television. Vince would love to see him wearing something retarded on television. He had 40 riders riding for one man. One man. Vince McMahon didn't give a shit about anybody that wrote that show for him. Constant rewrites, script being ripped up. Bruce Pritchard made himself unavailable at all times. Doesn't give a shit about anybody in the back. Doesn't give a shit about us. And they laugh at us at every whim. Every opportunity they have, they laugh at us. We're nothing but marks. We're nothing but walking dollar signs to them. They don't give a fuck about what we want or what we like or who we like or who we want to see on television or what direction we want to see certain shit take on television. They don't give a shit. Clearly, this is what they think of us. Good riddance. Good riddance. He's been writing this show for his own pleasure, his own humor, for over three decades now. Longer. Goodbye. Goodbye. He then tweeted out again. He then tweeted out again. He said in a follow-up, to be clear, the allegations of workplace misconduct are very serious and disappointing to me. I applaud the board for holding people accountable for their actions. He had to go out in the same thread and again put out another tweet because he didn't like the replies and the responses that he was getting for his dumbass fucking tweet. Goodbye. I don't think anybody is going to miss Vince McMahon at all. Good riddance to him. I'm, I'm so happy that this day has finally come. I've built this entire show on what's happened today. Now, 
As far as everything is concerned, you guys see everything that has taken place. The allegations, the investigation, the Wall Street Journal leading to Stephanie McMahon getting the interim CEO title. We didn't think it was going to be possible that she'd be running the WWE. Now we see where we are now. We got Stephanie McMahon being named interim CEO. Vince McMahon steps back from his position as uh, head of board of directors. He takes on nothing more than a creative role. The shows the last couple of weeks since that's been announced have been absolutely dreadful to a point. I don't think I don't I don't think WWE's been worse than the last three or four weeks. Vince McMahon concentrated solely on creative, and the shows have been worse now than they've ever than they've ever been all year. I don't even know how that's fucking possible. So then we see that, and we get all the the news coming out about you know the seven point five million dollar uh, WWE diva and the twelve million over sixteen years. HBO Sports wants to interview ex WWE women's wrestlers about Vince McMahon and the conduct and the sexual misconduct and allegations, and then we get Paul Levesque being named head of talent relations once again. Everything lined up. Titus showing up on Monday Night Raw. Everything legitimately lined up perfectly. There was another piece of information here that I want to read to you. And this is coming from Paul London. And I got an email. I'm going to read the fucking email to you, too. I got an email from somebody that donated in the... Live stream chat earlier in the afternoon. My boy, Daniel Lotridge. He donated earlier in the live stream when we went live immediately when this news broke. I'm going to read to you his email to me. First, I'm going to read to you what Paul London said about Vince McMahon and what he would do to late Ashley Massaro. Apparently, Paul London, who was a tag team partner of Brian Kendrick and... He was a WWE superstar, tag team champions with Brian Kendrick. I believe he dated Ashley Massaro. Apparently, Kevin Dunn wanted her to fly on Vince's private jet. And this whole story here where Paul London goes into detail about what Vince McMahon would do to Ashley Massaro, who passed away at the young age of 40. So this is what Paul London said. He was interviewed on Rene Dupree's podcast, and he claimed Vince McMahon would harass the late Ashley Massaro. You're going to get more stories like this coming out. You're going to get more stories like this coming out as the weeks go on. London said, and I quote, I do remember specifically many times when she would, she would be crying to me because Vince was, was telling her to fly on the jet with them, like Kevin Dunn, Buck Tooth Bucky, he calls Kevin Dunn. I love that. Paul London's got me blocked on social media. I don't know why. I don't know what I said about him, but he calls Kevin Dunn Bucktooth. <laughs> Bucky would be telling her that she has to fly on the jet with them. They'd always put the divas up at the TV hotel or whatever. You know, he'd be knocking on the door and trying to get her to answer. It's just like, I'm shocked this Vince stuff is just coming out now. I haven't looked up on a lot of it. I just would rather not, but I'm surprised it hasn't come out within the last 10 years or so. But it just goes to show you how afraid people are of that power dynamic where they're so fearful of losing their job. And it's like, what does that say about you if you're protecting this 90-year-old fucking corpse 
with a thong tan line just because he's a billionaire. I mean, it's just like I said, money changes people. In a 2016 affidavit, uh, Masaro said she was encouraged by McMahon to not report that she was drugged and raped by U.S. military staff while on tour of Kuwait for WWE's annual Tribute to the Troops show. Years later, WWE claimed that Masaro sent an email apology, but Masaro's lawyer, Constantine Kairos, stated, she was being represented by me. She never withdrew from the case. She never stopped being my client, and her case is currently pending. It's not a credible statement that she sent an email refuting the case. So, Paul London went on to talk about Ashley Massaro, and now all of this is coming out about this. And I'm going to type, if you guys give me one second, I got that from WrestlingNews.co. I think Wrestling Inc. actually had more about what Paul London said in regards to Ashley Massaro. If I could find it here on... uh, on Wrestling Inc., uh, I, that, that, that's where I first seen it. And, I mean, that, like I said, is going to be something that you're going to see come out more and more and more. Yeah, Paul London recalls Vince McMahon's harassment of Ashley Massaro. Um, he says, I do remember, I do remember specifically many times she would be crying to me because Vince was you know, asking her to fly on the jet with them. He says he's shocked this stuff never came out. And London statements come at a time when all eyeballs are on McMahon once again. Obviously, London has very little trouble believing McMahon was capable of such uh, indecencies. So, yeah, that was pretty much everything there uh, that he said. You know, this is, like I said, something that's going to be coming out more in the days to come. And I find this funny, and I read this to you because one of my VIPs emailed me, and he says this, and I want to read this to you. He says, J.D., thank you for reading my super chat and the kind remarks. I find it infuriating that so many marks treat VKM's crimes like they are part of a storyline. The man covered up murder. The man committed rape. The man ruined lives and destroyed families. Please remind your viewers that some folks that stopped watching WWE, like myself, didn't stop watching over bad booking. We stopped because we couldn't stomach the atrocities he was responsible for or covering up for. Thank you for your time. Your take-no-prisoners approach to WWE has always impressed me. Not many people have that kind of conviction or courage to speak out. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. He titled the email, Nancy Argentino, Ashley Massaro, Ring Boys. You know, and the thing is, Daniel is correct. The thing is, Daniel is correct. There's a lot of people out there that have not watched the product in many, many years because of the people right there, like Vince and Bruce, and that's old man guard, that, uh, that old boys club. You know, all these glorified yes-men. People like Daniel, there's a lot of people like Daniel, millions of people like Daniel, who don't watch this product anymore because of who was running the show. And I'm proud of him for putting his foot down. I can't even begin to tell you already how many people have come to me claiming, you know, JDA may start watching WWE again. My boy Jesse. Jesse's one of my best friends. Jesse texted me, uh, 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 yeah, he tweeted out. He tweeted out the public. He, he purchased or repurchased Peacock again. How many people, how many people canceled their Peacock subscriptions? How many people canceled your WWE Network subscriptions when NXT went under? What was the time? What was the one moment for you guys that made you decide, I'm done? I'm done. Was it the constant back and forth, illogical, fucking terrible Monday night, Friday night booking? Are you like Daniel? where you just could not support the company every, anymore for somebody like Vince McMahon to remain in power and have the power that he has, the billionaire that he is, covering a murder, committing rape, ruining lives, destroying families. Are you like Daniel? Was it NXT 2.0 that broke the camel's back for you? Was it AEW starting up? Finally, you guys got real professional wrestling. And you don't need WWE anymore. What was, what was it for you? What was it? I unfortunately have made this my living. I still love every aspect of pro wrestling. I love WWE. I'll get into that a little bit later. I love WWE. I want nothing more than WWE to be the way it needs to be. I want the right people in charge. I want change. I've been the leader of change. I feel like I'm fucking falling on deaf ears most weeks. Everybody takes my criticisms to be negative. I'm not negative for the sake of being negative. I don't want to come on here and be negative. I have nothing but negativity because that's what the product gives back to me. So I make light of it. I make fun of it. I make the show as entertaining as I can. I give you guys a little bit of an amped up persona on here. I want to be, I want to be funny, but also enjoy what the fuck I'm watching. I know a lot of people have a lot of different reasons why they stop watching the show. Jesse's reason was AEW. Daniel's reason was, I'm not supporting a company that's led by Vince McMahon, who's done all these heinous things. It may be NXT 2.0 for some of you. I don't know. I don't know. So what happens next? So what happens next? Vince McMahon's gone. Stephanie McMahon is now co-CEO with Nikon. Vince McMahon is now out of creative. Vince McMahon no longer has the stranglehold on creative like we 
have seen for decades, decades. You know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to quote, I believe Jason Solomonster has mentioned this, and I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. I've watched from season one all the way to where we are right now in the final third of the last season. We got eight episodes left to go. I loved every bit of The Walking Dead, even, even when people stopped watching the show. I loved everything about it. I'm just a big storyline guy. I found enjoyment in everything, even the slow seasons. Even the slow seasons. But I understand why people stopped watching the show. And The Walking Dead is a, great, is a great example. As soon as things started to tail off, they replaced the executive producer. They, they, they replaced the lead writer. And Angela Wang, I believe her name is, she came in and she wrote, I think, the last, what was it, two seasons? She wrote the last two seasons? Or she wrote from season 10, I believe, or season 9 with the Skinwalkers? That season was incredible. I don't think I felt that way about a season since the season Negan killed Glenn and, and, uh, well, what the fuck is his name? I, I, I forgot his name. Where Negan just fucking completely decimated Rick's camp. Abraham. I didn't enjoy a season since Negan killed Glenn and Abraham. In cold blood. With Lucille. Then you got the Skinwalker season, right? And things are taking off again, man. It was like fucking, oh my God, this shit's great. Angela Kang, right? That's her name. This shit's great. Then they go on to season 10 and now season 11. And the show has a brand new fucking lease on life. That's exactly what needed. That's exactly what we needed with WWE. It's exactly what we needed with Monday Night Raw and Vince McMahon. How are you going to get a brand new lease on life? How are you going to get across what you need to do and what you need to get across with a 77-year-old Vince McMahon writing the fucking show with a stranglehold on creative, wants no other ideas but his or Bruce's or anybody in his circle. You're going to have a 77-year-old Vince McMahon writing a show for 18 to 49 demographic? Why would you ever expect Vince McMahon, a 77-year-old, to know what the uh, trends are and what's in? Vince McMahon doesn't even watch professional wrestling. Nobody he works with or surrounds himself with watches professional wrestling. How the fuck are you supposed to know what's in and what you need to do to stay ahead of the curve if you don't branch out and watch everything else or know anything else? They don't know shit. Walking Dead is back to where it used to be, just as good as where it was. WWE never gave themselves an opportunity to do that. I don't understand it. It's a simple fucking, it's a simple logic, common sense thing. This is why I've advocated for Triple H to be in charge so much. Triple H is young. Triple H gets it. Triple H knows what's out there. He knows who's who. He knows what they're doing. He follows the trends. Who runs creative? Obviously, you know where my vote goes. You know where my vote goes. My vote's been in for Paul Levesque for years. Everything Paul Levesque has done with NXT was the way WWE needed to be. Every aspect of NXT was the future of WWE. That black and gold, to me, still, 
is the greatest in-ring product the WWE has ever produced. Ever. I'd take black and gold over what AEW is doing right now. Even though AEW has some resemblance of old black and gold, nothing. Nothing was better than black and gold. I'll take black and gold over AEW 10 times out of 10. It's the best in-ring product I've ever been a part of in my generation. Triple H ran that shit the way WWE needed to be run. Perfect. Perfect. One-hour television, storylines, developing characters, takeover. You name it, man. You name it. Everything about it. Every The commentary team, everything about it. It was just for the music, everything. Everything was perfect. Then that shit went and got burned to the ground because everything he did was right. How many times did we watch a fucking takeover? Seriously, how many times have I mentioned this? How many times have I mentioned this in the past? How many times have you watched a fucking takeover and every time it accompanied a main roster pay-per-view, you were talking about takeover over a WrestleMania or takeover over a Royal Rumble or a takeover over a SummerSlam. It honestly became a thing where takeover was better than every main roster pay-per-view that it was tied to. Now, clearly that didn't sit well with anybody on the main roster because they were being upstaged. But that's the way Triple H ran his product. That's the way it needed to be. Everybody was talking about NXT. Every single week, every single takeover, it seemed to fucking mutate every single quarter with a takeover. Perfect. Clearly that shit was put to an end. They were doing too good. Vince McMahon didn't want them accompanying pay-per-views anymore. Vince McMahon said, fuck this shit. How many times did Triple H, how much effort and resources did Triple H put into an Adam Cole, an Undisputed Era, a Finn Balor, a Karrion Cross, a Keith Lee, a Dominic Dijakovic, an Andrade, uh, Alistair Black, even Lars Sullivan, fucking asshole that he is with all that he's been convicted of too just a fucking a complete degenerate I'll even mention Lars Sullivan Triple H even had Lars Sullivan's fucking presentation down perfect EC3 Bobby Roode Shinsuke Nakamura Kevin Owens Velveteen Dream and I know I'm missing a whole ricochet how many How many? How much time and how much money did Triple H put into building this company's future? Only for Vince McMahon to wipe away 99% of the names that I just mentioned to you. Not everybody's going to be a success story on the main roster. Roman Reigns was a success story. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens to a degree. Sami Zayn's still there, right? How many? Austin Theory's there now. Bad Cat Moss. There's not many. There's not many. Tommaso Ciampa's another one. Fucking dead and buried. WWE loves to pull the Ascension, Apollo Crews, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream. How many guys? How many guys? Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Rhea Ripley. Ember Moon. Matt Riddle is a success story. Pete Dunne. Shotzi Blackheart. How many fucking names do I have to mention to you? They found sport. 
in ruining all of that. They found sport ruining all that because of sheer jealousy. No longer. No longer. They don't have Vince McMahon to fucking tuck their fucking balls in between their legs to anymore. He's finished. Gone. You don't think Triple H was fucking pissed off? You don't think Triple H was laying in bed with Stephanie every night fucking asking her what the fuck is up with your father? How could they put bear claws on Keith Lee? They left Aleister Black in a fucking closet for seven months. They split Andrade and Zelina. Ricochet looks like a complete fucking geek. Shinsuke Nakamura, buried. Bobby Roode, buried. How many? How many? Damian Priest, buried. Dominic Dijakovic didn't even have a fucking chance in hell of succeeding on the main roster. They put him in a fucking mask. And put him in a goddamn group that was dead six weeks later. Triple H gets my vote. Triple H gets my vote. Without any hesitation. Will that happen? Probably not. Head of talent relations and running creative? It's a lot on his plate. It's just coming back from a major health scare. That's a lot for that man to handle. But he'd be doing it in his way. In his image. We'll just give him back NXT so we get something on Tuesday night that I could legitimately enjoy. You don't think that man is upset? Triple H gets my vote. Will it happen? Probably not. But whoever it is, it will be hand-chosen by Stephanie McMahon. Bruce Pritchard is as good as gone. The next celebration we have when we make ourselves a nice cold beverage is when Bruce Pritchard gets fired. Nothing will change with Bruce Pritchard there. Nothing will change. This man knows his days are numbered. As long as Bruce Pritchard is there, it's as if Vince McMahon never retired. So as long as he's there right now, there will be no change. But I'm here to tell you with 100% fact and confirmation that Bruce Pritchard is not a Stephanie McMahon or Paul Levesque guy. He's as good as gone. He'll be where John Laurinaitis is, fired. That's the day we all await. When that day comes, then we could really celebrate. Ed Kosky, goodbye. Get him out. Every single fucking one of them. Get him out. They all sicken me to no end. Kevin Dunn, get him out. Bruce is not running the show. Bruce is not running the show. He will not be running NXT as well. He'll be gone from there too. So who's going to run the show? Paul Heyman? I'd like to see Paul Heyman run it. I'd like to see Paul Heyman run it. In fact, Paul Heyman, to be quite honest with you, he never really even got a shot because with Paul Heyman as the executive director all those years ago, he was only put in that position because Vince McMahon, when shit goes down south, when shit gets fucked up, they can't blame Vince. This was before Bruce Pressure was put in charge. They can't blame Vince. Vince McMahon, you got to know how Vince McMahon operates. He always surrounds himself with fall men. Fall men. Paul Heyman was a fall guy. Eric Bischoff was a fall guy. Um, Johnny Laurinaitis was a fall guy. 
right? Mark Carano, Mr. Trash Bag there, he was a fall guy. Who do you, th who do you think? Who do you think sent the trash bag to Mickey James? It was Mark Carano. Who do you think okayed it? Bruce Burchard and Vince McMahon okayed it. There's a fall guy for every situation. Every situation. That's what they do. Paul Heyman was only there because he was a fall guy. When Vince doesn't like the way the show's run, he can fire somebody. But he was never really given a true opportunity to run the show. Paul Heyman was given time to run the show. I guarantee you, with Triple H as well, you'd see change in less than a year. Change is not going to happen tonight. I mean, SmackDown was fucking terrible tonight. SmackDown sucked. SmackDown was as if Vince never left. Because Bruce is there. But if Paul Heyman and Paul Levesque are in charge, I guarantee you, you will see change. It's not going to happen tonight. It's not going to happen on, on Monday it's not going to happen at SummerSlam. It's not going to happen next week, the week after that, the week after that. It's not going to happen at Clash of the Castle. It's going to take time. You cannot fault me and many others in this chat right now who are excited at the possibility of change. It needs to happen. Stephanie knows that. Paul Levesque knows it. It needs to happen. This is a great thing. Vince being gone it is a great thing. Seriously, just think about this. Those writers were writing for one man. Those writers were writing, not for us. How many writers does this company employ? 40, 50, 60, 70? Small fucking army. They got enough writers there to fill a fucking small village. How many writers there are writing for Vince McMahon? They wrote for one man, which was then given to Bruce, who looked over the script, didn't like it, changed it, gave it to Vince. If Vince didn't like it, he rewrote the whole thing himself. It's the way it worked. Now, with Vince McMahon not there, who are they writing for? Who are they writing for? Imagine a show with 40 writers at hand, throwing around ideas, fresh ideas, new ideas. We don't know what the fuck's coming out of that writer's room. For all we know, there's gold being built in that writer's room. There are ideas that would get us excited in that writer's room. We'll never know it because Vince McMahon is a 77-year-old demented fuck that I'm supposed to celebrate. That's one thing that may change. Who are they writing for? You mean to tell me that the writers may actually have a fucking voice after all these years? You're not excited about that? I know I am. This also opens up the opportunity for WWE to go out there and sign people that may have been given the short end of the stick. Guys like a Keith Lee. I'm not saying Keith Lee or Swerve imminently will join WWE. I mean, and I mentioned this earlier, this opens up a proverbial WWE forbidden door. I want to use Karrion Cross as a as a reference. Karrion Cross is working House of Glory. It's working with Loki. It's already been announced. August 28th, Terminal 5. Karrion Cross is not signed with AEW. I don't know anything. I don't have any inside sources. I don't talk to anybody. I don't know anything about what Hog has been told or management that Hog. I don't, I don't talk to anybody that Cross knows about Cross or his personal dwellings. But I'm using him as a reference. Who's to say, with Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, 
not signing with WWE. Who's to say that Triple H doesn't give him a callback? You all know what Killer Cross was put through, right? They made him into fucking Super Shredder. They made him into a proverbial Ninja Turtle villain. They put a fucking skirt on him. They gave him fucking uh, Steve Urkel straps. They put a fucking demolition mask on him that looked more low budget than what Axe and Smash were wearing back in the fucking 80s. They took Scarlet away from him. They ruined his whole act. This guy was undefeated on NXT. He gets brought up on his first night on Monday Night Raw to lose to Jeff Hardy as NXT champion in 90 seconds. Who's to say Triple H in charge now? Head of talent relations. Sees Karrion Cross, Killer Cross out there, not signed to a major promotion, just floating around out there, just doing these little indie shows. Yo, Killer Cross, let me talk to you, bro. This is Paul Levesque. Uh, I want you back. I want, to come, I want you to come meet with me. Bring your lovely wife. We're going to go over some shit. Things are changing around here. I think you may have heard, right? Uh, let's sit down over a nice Starbucks coffee, and we'll go over what we need to go over. We want you back. I want you on Monday Night Raw. I want to build you as the number one villain on this show. Who's to say? Who's to say? This is what power Triple H now has in his possession. And Vince McMahon can't tell him no. Who's going to tell him no? He's the head of fucking talent relations. Who is going to tell him no? Bruce Prichard? Bruce Prichard is nothing more than a lowly creative writer right now, man. He's the executive producer of the show. Paul Levesque tells Stephanie McMahon what he wants done, and Stephanie's going to get it done. You don't find excitement in that. You don't think that's the right move for the company? What about Johnny Gargano? What about Johnny Gargano? Johnny Gargano hasn't signed with any company. Johnny Gargano could be brought into WWE too. Hey, yo, Johnny Wrestling, what's up, bro? Listen, it's Paul Levesque. I want you back. I want to make you the number one baby face on SmackDown. We're going to build you like we built Daniel Bryan back up during the S movement. Come on. Who's to say? Who's to say Bray Wyatt doesn't come back because of Paul Levesque? Who's to say Braun Strowman doesn't come back because of Paul Levesque? Who's to say Adam Cole, when he becomes a free agent from AEW, doesn't go back over to WWE knowing that Paul Levesque is in charge of talent relations? This man has fucking lived through five years of WWE and nothing but fucking worshipping the ground Triple H and Shawn Michaels walked on. You don't think he'd want to go back there? He never wanted to leave in the first place. It was Vince McMahon that drove him out of the fucking company because Vince McMahon wanted to make him a fucking manager and change his name. Adam Cole was going nowhere. Adam Cole wanted to stay here. With all the surrounding rumor of Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, we don't know where the fuck she's going, where she's going, if she's going to Hollywood, if she's going to Tony Khan, if she's wanting to even wrestle. Who's to say Sasha Banks has to come back to the WWE? A lot's changed since that woman has walked out. Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, the two people that she walked out on, are no longer there. Stephanie McMahon, who I know Mercedes loves. Paul Levesque, who I know Mercedes adores. Who's to say that Sasha Banks doesn't go back to World Wrestling Entertainment and she's given the world like she deserves? And works in an environment that is now without Vince McMahon. And when she gets back, she may be in a world where Bruce Pritchard doesn't exist either. You don't realize the fucking capabilities, the, the opportunities that this presents. The entire wrestling landscape now. 
WWE has their own forbidden door. What once was closed is now open. Triple H is even hiring independent talent to come back to the company and try out. So Triple H gets my vote. Triple H gets my fucking vote for creative. You don't think this is a good move? People crying that Vince McMahon should be celebrated, this and that. I don't understand why you're sitting there celebrating somebody who openly covered up murder, committed rape, ruined lives, committed adultery on his wife multiple times. This is somebody that you respect and herald as a hero. Vince McMahon was the voice of my generation. Vince McMahon was the voice of my childhood, along with Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Jim Ross. I owe Vince McMahon a lot, just like everybody else. Without Vince McMahon, I'm not here. Without Vince McMahon, our childhood is not as exciting as it was. Probably would have saved my parents a lot of money. But without Vince McMahon, none of this exists. I get it. I get it. But if you don't think Vince McMahon being out of power completely now, as far as creative is concerned, I don't know what the fuck you're smoking. This is the greatest thing to happen to this company. You didn't see it tonight. You're not going to see it on Monday. You're not going to see it at SummerSlam. You're not going to see it fucking four months from now. But Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon... It was even cited in a fucking promo that's still heralded to this day as the greatest promo of all time. CM Punk's pipe bomb. He even said it then. I would think that this company is better off dead or this this company would be better off with Vince McMahon dead, but it's only going to be taken over by his his stupid daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Man, how those words ring true today. People call me Nostradamus. Phil Brooks obviously had a fucking crystal ball before he went out in front of that Las Vegas crowd. Triple H running creative. Paul Heyman running creative. Bruce Prichard right now is running creative. That will not be for long. Things will change. Just give it time. Just give it time. The other big story tonight was Brock Lesnar. Social media is full of just unintelligent people who should have their fucking phones taken and destroyed in front of them geeks. The other big story today was Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar returned to SmackDown tonight. He appeared at the end of SmackDown after what was being reported. Brock Lesnar walked out of the building There were reports going around. Brian Alvarez added that Lesnar said something along the lines of, if Vince is gone, then I am gone, and walked out of the company. Walked out of the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, obviously, that is a detriment to WWE because they're building Brock Lesnar up for Roman Reigns at SummerSlam in a match nobody really gives a shit about, but that is their main selling point for SummerSlam. As soon as this happened and this was reported, there was news that Bill Goldberg was being called up and that Bill Goldberg, exclusively by Cultaholic, was being reported as the number one choice right now as far as replacement goes 
for Brock Lesnar to go one-on-one against Roman Reigns. If that was the case, I think people would be canceling their fucking Peacock subscriptions. What a terrible, terrible idea. Why would anybody ever think that's the right idea to do? Are you fucking kidding me? Brock Lesnar being replaced by Bill Goldberg? So obviously, people on social media were making the correlation because Lesnar had not shown up at the 9 o'clock hour. I was guilty of this as well. I'm like, well, it's 9 o'clock already. I I have yet to hear that Brock Lesnar is unprofessional. They were quick to call Sasha Banks and Naomi unprofessional, right? For missing a a stupid, nonsensical Monday Night Raw six-woman, six-pack challenge. No, but Brock Lesnar gets away scot-free. Brock Lesnar walked out of the TD Garden in the midst of a SummerSlam bill for the Universal WWE title. But no, but he he gets away scot-free. It's all right Uh, for Lesnar to be unprofessional, though, right? So clearly Alvarez and Sapp, all of them confirmed that Lesnar was not a part of the line sheet. Lesnar was not written into the script. The script was rewritten without Brock Lesnar in it. Reportedly, Vince McMahon, he called Brock Lesnar up and told Brock Lesnar, if you walk out of WWE, you're walking out on me. WWE tried to convince Brock Lesnar to come back to the TD Garden. Vince McMahon reportedly, I don't know if that's true or not. This is what I'm hearing from other sources. Reportedly, Vince McMahon convinced Brock Lesnar to come back. Maybe Paul Heyman tried to convince Brock Lesnar to come back. I don't know why he walked out in the first place. But it sounded like Brock Lesnar is not going to be fucking coddled like a little baby anymore because Vince McMahon is not there. It goes to show you, again, and this is not a good thing, it goes to show you who Vince McMahon absolutely protected and who he did not, where his best interests were and where his interests were not. The fact that Brock Lesnar walked out with the news of Vince McMahon retiring, he walked out of the company and did not want to do anything because Vince McMahon was not there That does not bode well for Brock Lesnar's professionalism. And I'm here to tell you right now, with that attitude, I don't give a fuck if Brock Lesnar ever comes back. In fact, I'd be better off without Brock Lesnar on my television. What does he add to my television? There's nothing that Brock Lesnar hasn't done. So what am I missing? He's wrestled everybody and anybody. What am I missing? If he wants to go... Let him go. He only gives a shit about the money anyway. So then it got people talking about, oh, why is it Goldberg? Why do we need Bill Goldberg to replace Brock Lesnar? They could do anything. I've heard everything from AJ Styles to Seth Rollins to Matt Riddle to Rollins and Riddle, Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt, Braun Breaker, you name it. You name it. Now, any of those ideas would be better than Goldberg. But some of those ideas just don't work. WWE could have easily added Riddle and Rollins to the main event of of SummerSlam and do a triple threat match. Or just Rollins. Could have did Rollins and Reigns. Could have added Riddle as well. But there is, I don't know how many people know this, with Matt Riddle losing to Roman Reigns, Matt Riddle can't get another championship match with Roman Reigns while Roman Reigns is champion. He can't get another title shot while Roman Reigns is holding the belts. So that idea needs to be thrown out the window. That can't happen. That can't happen. AJ Styles is another one, right? 
They could have did a one-off match. It was easy for you to do Brock Lesnar. What's the difference? Do AJ Styles. Kevin Owens is another one. You could have did Kevin Owens. None of these guys have fucking matches at the pay-per-view. Edge is another one, right? Edge could come back and go after Roman Reigns and then focus on the Judgment Day after he wrestles Roman Reigns. Bobby Lashley could have even done Austin Theory. Could have even done Austin Theory tonight. Or at SummerSlam, rather. Have him cash in the briefcase. I said this earlier. Don't you think, instead of Austin Theory being a sniveling fucking prick heel, don't you think Austin Theory cashing in the way the way Heyman told him to, express to him, cash in, let's get a one-on-one match, let's do this thing in the big spotlight in the main event. Don't you think that Austin Theory cashing in like a fucking man and having a 25-minute match at SummerSlam with Roman Reigns, don't you think that put him over more? It would put him over to me. It would put him over to me more instead of him cashing in and failing for a championship he's not ready to win now. WWE could have done anything. Bray Wyatt could have given the money you were going to give Goldberg to Bray Wyatt to come back. Just give Goldberg the fucking, uh, just get him out of here. Fuck you talking about Goldberg for? Give the money to Wyatt, bring him back, have him beat Roman at SummerSlam. That's what I call a reset. Seriously. Could have did Sheamus and McIntyre versus, could have did Sheamus, McIntyre, and Roman. Could have did a multitude of different things. Could have had Sheamus and McIntyre next week go to a draw. Double count out or whatever the fuck they do. Knock themselves out. They both get a championship match if Lesnar was not going to show up at SummerSlam. This is all out the window now. This is all out the window. Lesnar is back. The match is happening. He showed up at the end of SmackDown tonight. F5, Austin Theory once and then again on the briefcase and beat the piss out of him with the briefcase. And he closed SmackDown. So the report about Lesnar is now null and void. But the thing is, with all the Lesnar talk tonight, everybody's like, oh, geeks like J.D., Sap, Alvarez. They got it wrong. That's why they're dirt sheets and they're fake journalists. Number one, I'm not a journalist. I'm a YouTube content creator. I'm not a fucking journalist. I don't have sources. The sources that I have are my fucking eyeballs. Number two... I think Sap is pretty credible at what he does. Sap's not putting out shit just for the fucking sake of it. Especially if he puts it behind a fucking paywall. When Sap says that Lesnar was not on the script at 7 p.m., I believe Sap saying that Lesnar was not on the script at 7 p.m. I do believe Alvarez, who explicitly reported Lesnar walked out of the building. I do believe that. It's not out of the realm of possibility for Lesnar to be convinced to come back. So for everybody being upset that Lesnar walked out of the building, yes, he walked out of the building, only to then be convinced to come back. And he showed up anyway like he was scheduled to be there from the fucking first minute of the show. But the fact that everybody is claiming that, oh, they all got it wrong. Don't listen to the dirt sheets. Why not? They were right. In the time when that was reported up until the end of the show, Lesnar was convinced to come back. It still, it still proves that Brock Lesnar is unprofessional. But nobody cried that Lesnar was unprofessional, but you were quick to blame Sasha Banks and Naomi for being unprofessional. There's a lot going on in regards to this. 
a lot. We're going to go over the rest of SmackDown in just a little bit. And we're going to go over the rest of this Vince McMahon news all on Sunday night. I'm sure there will be a ton of information still yet to be revealed over the weekend, and we will go over it all on the weekend. I said what I said in the last two streams. There were some things that I did not add in the other stream because I was just so fucking excited about everything going down. But I hope I gave you guys legitimately everything you needed in regards to this. And I thank you guys for sticking with me, man. We're going to go over SmackDown in just a little bit quickly. I just want to go over a couple of things. Number one, we'll be live tomorrow night for Ring of Honor. Death before dishonor. Jesse will not be with me. Jesse has uh, family obligations. I will be live by myself. I will be doing this thing from the venue tomorrow night. Sunday night will be live for episode 437 of the podcast. We're going members only chat on Sunday night. So if you guys want to get your memberships in, we have 28 total today. We're going members only Sunday nights. I want to give you guys the opportunity to hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on OTS. Hit that thumbs up. I see 823 likes on the stream. I need 1,000 minimum right here. 1,000 minimum on the live stream tonight. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. In fact, I'm going to take a sip of my cold beverage, man. What's going on in the chat? Get her the fuck out. Who are you talking about? Let me do it. Melissa, what is she saying? Yeah, Melissa, get out of the fucking chat. Get out of here. Just get out. Get out. Goodbye. I got rid of her. Not even dealing with it. Not even dealing with it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Where was I? Um, yeah, a thousand minimum. A thousand minimum, man. Come on, hit that thumbs up. I appreciate you guys. Tonight's show sponsored by Honey. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. Make sure you guys download the free web browser today. Shop online at your favorite stores. Save some money using Honey. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. And make sure you guys go and check out all of the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Everything you need is on the homepage. Let's go into SmackDown, man. Uh, we went over Stephanie McMahon. Three Profits then entered the ring, and they quoted in a promo Kevin Garnett. NBA Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett after winning the NBA title as a member of the Boston Celtics. Theory interrupted. He walked towards the ring and said he was going to regain the United States title from Bobby Lashley and then cash in and become the new undisputed WWE champion. He says it doesn't matter if it's Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. It will not matter. He was interrupted then by the Usos. Usos told Theory if he mentions anything else about their tribal chief, he will not make it to SummerSlam. The Prophets laughed. Montez Ford said, 
They aren't getting out of Boston without these hands. And I don't know why you're quoting Braun Strowman, but here we are. You know, I was thinking, you know, with Vince McMahon and him retiring today and Bruce Pritchard seemingly, hopefully, hopefully, keeping my fingers crossed, hopefully on his way out as well. You know, Angela Dawkins should be a happy man. Angela Dawkins may actually be spared. Because if Montez Ford goes solo, Angelo Dawkins, undoubtedly, if Vince McMahon was in charge and Bruce Pritchard was still in charge and that team was still in charge, Angelo Dawkins would have been given his termination papers. So he may be as fucking relieved as anybody else after today's news. So they attacked the Usos, the Profits. Usos, in theory, outnumbered the Profits. Mad Cat Moss charged out for the save, took the Usos down. Uh, he was then beaten down. The Prophets recovered, brawled with them, eventually clearing the ring, and we got a setup for the main event tonight. It was going to be a six-man tag with the Usos teaming with Austin Theory against Madcap and the Street Prophets. Typical Bruce Pritchard booking. They went to Michael Cole and Pat McAfee on camera, who narrated a video on Gunther shopping Ludwig Kaiser after losing to Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura made his ring entrance. McAfee stood on the top of the announce desk, dancing like he usually does for Nakamura. Cole asked McAfee, what if Ludwig loses again to Nakamura? So this was the story of the match. So we got a one-on-one match here with Shinsuke Nakamura and Ludwig Kaiser. I would assume if Nakamura beats Ludwig, he gets an intercontinental championship match at SummerSlam. So Kaiser and Nakamura, they work pretty well together. Kaiser's very good. Bartel, Marcel Bartel, very good. Nakamura could be good if they, you know, loosen the fucking grip on what he can do in the ring. So this was pretty much about Gunther on the outside yelling at Bartel. Okay, after uh, losing last week and chopping his chest into a fucking oblivion, Gunther is now upset that Ludwig is making him look bad. That's the story here. So... Kaiser had the early advantage. He was beating down Nakamura. Nakamura fought back, hit a knee. Kaiser recovered after Gunther started yelling at him. Kaiser then hit a running knee of his own for a near fall. Fans broke out into a little Nakamura chant. Nakamura hit a running knee and a lot of knees. A lot of knees here. Running knee in the corner, sending Kaiser out to the floor. Gunther started yelling at Kaiser again to get up and motivate him. Kaiser grabbed Nakamura's leg, dropped him on the ring apron, He then sent Nakamura into the ring steps. Kaiser was in control. Nakamura recovered, caught Kaiser with an inziguri, followed up with a running knee and a sliding German suplex using the ropes like he usually does. Kaiser rolled to the outside. Gunther continued to yell at him. Nakamura then threw Kaiser back in the ring, but Gunther got in his face. Kaiser caught Nakamura with a small package off this brief distraction. Nakamura took control of the match and set up for the Kinshasa Gunther caused a distraction. Again, Kaiser rolled him up. Did not get the job done. I thought this was definitely going to Nakamura after this second interference. Did not get the job done. The finish actually came when Kaiser sent Nakamura into the ropes. Referee's back was turned. Gunther punched Nakamura in the face. And Kaiser hit a DDT for the win. Kaiser gets the win with the help of Gunther on the outside. After the match was over, Kaiser expected praise because he didn't realize that Gunther helped him win. Gunther gave him another hard shop in the chest and started yelling at him again, even though he won the match. 
but he won the match with the help of Gunther. Now, I don't know what they're doing with Gunther and, and Ludwig Kaiser. This is creative malpractice. If WWE breaks these two up, they already broke up Imperium. That was bad move number one. Imperium, to me, was one of Triple H's best creative ideas. I thought Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel and Walter were fan-fucking-tastic together. I thought Imperium was easily the best tag team in all of WWE. The work rate by both of them, the look of both of them was fucking great. How you call two guys up and not the other, arguably you could make a case for fucking Fabian Eichner being the best of all three with what that man can do in the ring. Why you would break these two up? I don't know. I just have a feeling that these two are going to be broken up. I don't know why you would do that. If Gunther is broken up from Ludwig, Ludwig is fucked. Ludwig is not getting over on his own. Ludwig is going nowhere as a solo act. You're basically giving him a roster spot and none of it will matter. They are gold together. Ludwig announcing for Gunther the way he does in the intro, in the entrance, is great. Why would you take him away from Gunther? That's where I feel like they're going with it. I don't understand why you would even contemplate that. What is with these fucking people breaking up goddamn fucking teams? But I, I, I don't get it. Walter does not have the best promo ability. He doesn't. He's very short-sighted. He's very just, you know, four or five words. That's it. Ludwig at least can speak for him and make him look like a bigger monster. I don't see how they don't see that. I hope that's not the case. Now, I thought Nakamura was going to win here. I thought we were getting definitely, especially with the report that we just saw this week, WWE is very unhappy with SummerSlam. I thought Ludwig was going to lose this match and Nakamura was going to get the title match against Gunther at SummerSlam, which I would have been all for. But no, maybe we still get it. Maybe something happens next week where they do the match again and Shinsuke gets a match at SummerSlam against Gunther. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I hope to God that they don't break these two up. I think that would be creative malpractice. Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan have a face-to-face segment. This was not good. This was not good at all. Kayla interviewed Rousey and Liv Morgan. And they put lapel mics on both women right before the commercial break. And we get back from commercial break and Kayla Braxton is holding a microphone in in their face. But if you're rigging them with lapel mics, why do we need Kayla Braxton to throw another microphone in her face or in their face? I didn't understand that. So Rousey told Kayla to leave. So Kayla left and Ronda Rousey. She's over there telling Liv Morgan she's a breath of fresh air, but she's going to beat her at SummerSlam. She said when she beats her at SummerSlam, she'll expect her to shake her hand the same way she she shook her hand at Money in the Bank. Liv said she can't look in her eyes and say she's going to beat her because she's better than her, 
But she wants it, she loves it, and she needs it more than Ronda. So when I beat you at SummerSlam again, I promise you I'll make sure to shake your hand. Rousey said everybody loves her because of her passion except me. Now, I don't know, I don't know what she meant by that, but according to the reports, Ronda Rousey apparently advocated for Liv Morgan to win the championship because she is passionate about the women's division. So I don't know why that line was said there. Everybody loves your passion except me. You know what I hope that except me means? Ronda's going heel at SummerSlam. I seriously hope so. It's the only way they salvage Ronda Rousey in this entire thing. Ronda Rousey needs to go heel. No doubt about it. Michael Cole and Pat McAfee were at ringside. All of a sudden, we see Happy Corbin attacking Pat McAfee. Corbin left. McAfee stood and chased him down. Corbin fled backstage. The camera followed Corbin and McAfee brawling in Gorilla. I don't know who was at Gorilla. I was very curious to see who the fuck was at the Gorilla position. I didn't see anybody. Let me know if you guys saw anybody there. Vince McMahon's usually there. We never usually see who's there when Vince was there. It was so quick, I missed it. Adam Pierce and other producers got between them. It got out of hand. It was a nice little fun brawl. Nice little sell for the SummerSlam match between these two. Back from break, McAfee's in the ring. And fans are chanting for McAfee. He says he has one thing to say before returning to commentary. He led a chant of bum-ass Corbin. He said at SummerSlam, he won't be able to hit him from behind or use diaper rash as an excuse to hide, so he will kick him in the head. See you in Nashville, bitch. Is that TV 14, man. We're going TV 14. We're going to amp up all the promos to include the word bitch. Here's your TV 14 for you. Nice little fun brawl. Nothing really, uh, nothing really exciting. Never, nothing over the top. It was effective. It did what it needed to do to sell the match for SummerSlam. Nothing really more to say than that. New Day. They were out there with Michael Cole and Pat McAfee on commentary. Xavier was wearing a unicorn mask and told Cole not to assume he was under the mask. Can this get any worse with the New Day? We got the new vicious Viking Raiders. I hope to God with Vince McMahon gone and Triple H as far as he is concerned as head of talent relations just cuts the fucking new and vicious out of their name. What a joke. Jinder and Shanky versus the Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders win via countout. Ivar threw Jinder into the ringside steps. And then into the laps of the New Day over on commentary, Jinder was counted out. Where was Shanky? If you, if you guys are asking, he got taken out by the Viking Raiders. This was absolutely atrocious. I don't know why anybody would be excited about this at all. I don't know when this match is happening. I don't care when this match is happening. Just end this shit completely, man. The new vicious Viking Raiders are not working out. In fact... In fact, you gave them new gimmicks, right? You gave them a new look, and and you're ruining everything that you did with these guys with this terrible feud with the New Day. Xavier Woods on commentary, by the way, praised the Raiders and mentioned them being Ring of Honor uh, Tag Team Champions. He mentioned the Viking Raiders being Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions 
and IWGP Tag Team Champions. Now, I don't know if that's said with Vince McMahon and Gorilla. Maybe Triple H is really in charge, man. I don't know. Or maybe this is just the uh, the beginning stages of Paul Levesque being in charge. Sonya Deville, she's still there. Don't know why she's not being used more. Hannah Pierce was on his phone telling somebody that Corbin was thrown out of the building. I don't know who the fuck he's talking to now. Vince McMahon's not there. Who, who is he talking to? Who is his boss now? That's what I want to know. Is he talking to Bruce? Is Bruce on the phone with Adam Pierce making the decisions? I don't know. Sony DeVille interrupted and said, any show he's in charge of is a disaster. I know you missed a couple of weeks, honey, but Jesus fucking Christ, did you see SmackDown the last couple of weeks? She said maybe he could hire someone implying she'd be helpful. Pierce said one match he has planned is actually going to happen. Sonia Deville was booked against Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Smiley Raquel Gonzalez Rodriguez. So that match is booked. Not before we get the brawling brutes. This is Ridge Holland, Sheamus, and Butch. My man Butch over there, man. But Paul Levesque now in charge, man. Can you imagine what Paul Levesque? Can you imagine horrified Paul Levesque, man, the look on his face when he sees Butch wearing the fucking overalls and the fucking silly cap, right? Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! Can you imagine Paul Levesque looking at this shit backstage? Looking at Bruce? The fuck did you do to my boy Pete Dunn? Huh? They're out there. There's a table in the ring covered with a green cloth. They replayed a clip of Drew McIntyre slicing the top rope with his plastic sword. Sheamus complained that McIntyre tried to chop his head off. He said he should be called McMenace. Is he a fucking McDonald's character now? I told you guys not to expect change. McMenace. Who wrote that? That must have been a Bruce line, McMenace. He said his medieval weapon of war has no place in the ring. He says he's going to do everything in his power, at which point Drew's music played. Drew walked out with Angela in hand, his sword, smiling. Rich Holland held Butch back. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! Reggie? Ridiculous, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Triple H can't take over fast enough, man. So, Drew is in the ring. He asked Seamus, what happened to you? What happened to you, Seamus? When did you become such a bitch? TV 14, folks. TV 14 in full effect. He asked what happened to the guy he's known for 20 years and signed with WWE together, working their asses off for opportunities, and they had a chance to headline the first WWE UK stadium show in 30 years, the same place we fought of, or fought in, in front of 100 people. He said the current champion has held the title hostage and shows up when he wants, and the other option isn't much better. He says they need a real champion, a real workhorse, someone to restore that title's prestige. He says he knows Sheamus still has it in him. He told him to do the number one contender match right here in Boston. And everybody cheered. This was a great promo by Drew. This 
needed to be said. Whatever Drew McIntyre said, he was great. Probably my favorite part of the entire show. Sheamus then began to talk. He said, Drew, you know, I love what you said. You showed passion. You have some balls. Sheamus says, what you just said gave me goosebumps. He said he knows him better than anybody. And he asked if Drew and the fans want the fight. Well, you're going to get it. He then said, just not tonight. Fans booed. Drew then was obviously upset. Sheamus laughed. Sheamus says he spoke to upper management. Who's upper management? I'd love to know. I guess Stephanie being that she was there. Fans interrupted with a you suck chant. He said upper management has agreed that the match will take place next week on SmackDown. He said Drew's sword is banned, but it'll be a good old-fashioned Irish Donnybrook match. Oh, this is definitely Bruce. This is definitely Bruce Pritchard. Who the fuck is using Donnybrook match? Who's using the word Donnybrook on live television? Absolutely Bruce Pritchard. So he mentions that he wants a Donnybrook match. He lifted the green tarp to reveal some Irish shillelaghs and asked him to accept the first ever shillelagh match with a lot of other shenanigans in there. Drew said, if that's what it takes, I accept. So Sheamus called Pierce out to make it official. Adam Pierce calls uh, the match official. You guys want it? Let's do it. He made it official. Drew came up from behind Sheamus, who wasn't paying attention. He had his arm out with one of the shillelaghs in his hand, and Drew McIntyre slices the shillelagh in half with his sword. Sheamus dropped the microphone, and he looked at Drew all scared because he was wielding Angela. This show sucks. Drew held up the sword as Sheamus took over with Hollinge and Butch at ringside. Let me at him, Scoob. He's still going. Butch is still going. He wants to get in there. You know, he wants to get in there. He wants to go and fight Drew McIntyre. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Might as well make it a fucking Scooby-Doo match. You know? Just lead the fucking, uh, just lead the brawling brutes out to ringside with fucking Scooby snacks. Reggie? Backstage, the Usos were talking about the man. Listen, by the way, I don't know why this match is happening next week on Friday night. I don't know why this match is not being booked at SummerSlam. You need matches for SummerSlam. Apparently, you're upset with SummerSlam, right? Why not add Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam? You're going to have a SummerSlam card at Nissan Stadium without both of those guys on the show? Sounds a little odd to me. Again, Bruce Pritchard's writing this show. What the fuck do you expect? Usos, they were backstage talking about the six-man tag team match in the main event. In walks Paul Heyman, who I'm sure had a fucking busy day. So the Profits are usually a handful. He said with Theory, it's three on three, but if they drop Theory early, it becomes two on three. He told them to use Theory, and after they win, then let's go off the air tonight with Theory face down in the canvas told them to make sure it's not a prediction, but rather make it a spoiler. Wow, common sense coming from Paul Heyman. Who would have thought? Yes, let's use Theory to beat the Profits in Madcap, and then we'll drop Theory after the match is over. Sony Deville and Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> 
Smiley Raquel coming out. Smiling everywhere. She got a new theme music. Raquel Gonzalez. Rodriguez. Michael Cole. Let's talk about what Michael Cole said here, man. Michael Cole said in regards to Sony Deville, you're not going to believe what he said here, man. Michael Cole said, nobody in the history of WWE abused their power like Sonya Deville did. On all the days, of all the fucking days, and of all the people who have retired from WWE, Sonya Deville, in the history of WWE, nobody like Sonya Deville has ever abused their power as a WWE executive. If that is not the worst fucking timing of a comment made by Michael Cole in his career, I'd love for somebody to find another one that trumps what he said tonight. Absolutely ridiculous. Seriously. Give me a break. A few minutes in, Rodriguez landed a swinging elbow drop out of the corner. DeVille DDT'd. <laughs> Smiley Raquel, right? And then uh, Raquel slams Sonya with the uh, Tejana bomb for the one, two, three, and she uh, she gets the win over uh, over Sonya Deville. She's so happy. She's so happy. It's Raquel Gonzalez. Fucking ridiculous, man. Vince is not there anymore. What the fuck are you smiling about? Aaliyah. Speaking of somebody that's not smiling nowadays, Aaliyah. Poor Aaliyah, man. Aaliyah. What the fuck are we doing with Aaliyah, man? Aaliyah made her ring entrance. She's in a scheduled match with Lacey Evans. We got this Lacey Evans uh, Lacey Evans clip airing of her heel promo last week, which the same promo was. It was the same promo as, as uh, last week before that. And she caught another promo tonight, which was basically the same thing as the last couple of promos she cut. Lacey came out, and she's very arrogant now. She wants all the, uh, all the love and the respect from the fans. So she comes out, and she says, It's no surprise Tom Brady left this dumpster of a town. Listen, honey, you can mention Tom Brady in Boston all you want. You ain't getting no fucking heel reaction, a genuine heel reaction, because let's be real, Lacey Evans sucks. Lacey Evans sucks. So she's out there talking about Tom Brady. She said she's accomplished more in this day than they do in their entire year. She said little kids are out there asking their moms what they've accomplished lately, and the answer is nothing. She said she wakes up and wins. She said, not one person in the building can walk a mile in my shoes because I'm better than every single one of you. Aaliyah then heard enough and tried to get her to stop. Uh, Lacey Evans then gave her a woman's right. Pat McAfee said, Lacey is everything that's wrong with everything. And then Lacey Evans leaves the ring. No match with Aaliyah. No match with Aaliyah. So let me get this straight. Aaliyah, three weeks in a row, has stood there and has been disrespected by Lacey Evans. Now, I get week number one. I get week number one because nobody expected Lacey Evans to come out there and boo-hoo-hoo, cry that the fans don't like her, right? And then I believe Aaliyah gets punched in the face. Week two, Aaliyah's out there with a scheduled match against Lacey Evans, tag team match, right? 
I believe she was teaming with, uh, who was she teaming with? She was teaming with uh, either Shotzi against uh, Shayna and Lacey or some. No, it was Shotzi and Shayna versus uh, Aaliyah and Lacey, right? Don't happen. Third week in a row, you'd think Aaliyah would be fucking pissed off that Lacey Evans is disrespecting her. She just stands there. They just have Aaliyah stand there and listen to Lacey cut the same fucking promo that she cut the previous two weeks and does nothing. If I'm Aaliyah, I'm tackling this bitch down to the ground and I'm putting some fucking fists to face. She just stands there like, (laughs) oh, I'm in Boston. Maybe I'll go to the Irish pub and I'll go have myself some old-fashioned fish and chips. Just standing there. She's just standing there. Seriously. Maybe I'll go walk the Freedom Trail in Boston, Massachusetts. Maybe I'll go to uh, the farmer's market tomorrow. She's just standing there. The fuck is she looking at? Can you make anybody look as fucking dumb as Lacey Evans? Lacey Evans should be fucking fired just for the way she's been portrayed on television. Then she gets punched in the face. Holy shit. Lacey Evans is fucking garbage. Get her off of television. I swear to God, man, I may bring back the get off my TV fucking design and put Lacey Evans on it. Swear to fucking Christ. This shit sucks. She is awful. This entire segment was fucking... I don't know why there wasn't any match. No pre-match attack. No bell ringing. The fucking baby face looks like a fucking idiot. Who do we blame for this? Can't blame Vince McMahon. Gotta blame Bruce Pritchard. Kayla Braxton interviewed J-E-double-F. J A double R E double T. This show S. Not even going to spell it. You guys know it. Sucks. This show sucks. S U C K S. Sucks. Jeff Jarrett walked up wearing a referee t shirt. He asked why Pierce chose him. That's what she asked him. Why did, why did Adam Pierce pick you? This is a good question, Kayla. Jarrett said the support has been overwhelming since the announcement. He says he got the job because he turned down all kinds of bribes. He said this is the biggest tag team match in the history of SummerSlam. I'm going to go out there and venture. Uh, That's a hard no, Jeff Jarrett. Give me a break. Double J. Double J says this is the biggest tag team match in the history of SummerSlam. Another L, bro. Another L for Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Said management needed somebody who wouldn't be swayed or intimidated or blinded by the bright lights, who can call it right down the middle. Yeah, l- let me see you deny the tribal chief. He said that man is him. He did his double J routine and closed with his ha-ha-ha. <laughs> Maxine Dupree. Maxine Dupree debuted tonight. Who is she? fuck do I know? I know I recognized her from somewhere. I didn't recognize the name. 
but I know I saw her from somewhere, and she was an NXT talent. So this is Sophia Cromwell from NXT 2.0. She's Von Wagner's girl. This is Von Wagner's girl. I mean, the blonde that has been eyeing down Von Wagner as Von Wagner has been uh, on TV with his manager, Mr. Stone, Robert Stone. So this is the blonde that's been with Von Wagner. You know, put the lotion in the basket, Von Wagner. You know, Buffalo Bill over there, Von Wagner. Sophia Cromwell. Where was Max Dupree tonight? I don't know. Max Dupree was not on the show tonight. Where the fuck was he? No sign of Max Dupree at all for this segment with the maximum male models, with Monse and Mansoua. Where was he? PW Insider reported that Max Dupree, the former LA Knight, was not backstage at SmackDown in Boston, so it looked like he would not be appearing on the show as reports indicated, at least not in the arena when that was reported. Then we saw the show tonight. And Maxine Dupree looked like she was in charge of the maximum male models. And Maxine Dupree mentioned nothing about Max Dupree next week, as she said both Mansoir and Marseille, they were going to unveil the beachwear collection next week, and she was going to be leading it. Where is Max Dupree? Where is L.A. Knight? Where is he? Did they already drop him from the, from the gimmick? That's what it looked like to me. That's what it sounded like to me. Looks like Max Dupree has been fucking fired from the Maximum Male Models. Good. Good. First order of business, Triple H, she's fucking butch. Let me at him. Let me at him, Seamus. Right? So he's butch over there running around like fucking scrappy dude, like a fucking cartoon character. And then he sees Max Dupree wearing these big red Urkel glasses, right? He's wearing these big red Urkel glasses and he's acting like he's fucking, you know... Running down a fucking uh, model runway with Mansoir and and fucking whatever the fuck their names are. Mansoir and uh, Marseille of the Maximum Male Mar- Probably looked at him and said, like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Bruce, the fuck do you call this? I hope to God that I read Triple H took back LA Knight and put him back down on NXT. Or... Told Bruce Pritchard, head of town relations, ah, uh, this is LA Knight. We need him back with his old gimmick. Start. The fuck is this shit? That's what it looks like to me. That's what it looks like to me, man. It looks like Max Dupree is gone. Sophia Cromwell is Max Ean Dupree. There was rumor that Ginny from NXT UK would be the Max Ean Dupree character, but they got themselves another blonde. Good for them. She fits it. I don't even know what the fuck her role was on NXT. All she was doing was eyeing Von Wagner on NXT 2.0. So I guess this is a a little bit better of a role for her as she will be asked to do the minimal at best. Main event. Usos in theory versus the Street Profits and Madcap Moss. This is pretty much the same shit that we have saw with all six of these men leading into whatever they got going on. For SummerSlam, this almost went 18 minutes in the main event. So they asked these guys to really go out there and carry the load for this show. Speeding things up here because I don't want to be here too much longer. Um, The heels were in control. So we got Theory and the Usos in control. 
Shane knocked Dawkins off the apron with a super kick. Moss tagged in, ran wild, caught Theory with a fallaway slam and a tackle on Jay in the corner. Jimmy took it to Moss with a super kick for a near fall. Tried to tag in Theory, but he backed off. Theory then jumped off the apron and started to leave. Jay cut Theory off and beat him down, started beating his own partner down. The Street Profits and the Usos fought at ringside. Uh, it was Dawkins, I believe, hitting a huge dive, wiping out Ford and the Usos. Theory didn't leave after uh, all of this and got back into the match. In the ring, Theory scored a near fall on Moss. He set up for his finish, A-Town down. Moss slipped out. Moss caught Theory with a tackle. He went for a second tackle, but Theory hit him with, a, with the briefcase for the disqualification, and that was pretty much it. They actually had uh, Theory do the spot twice because Theory couldn't get the briefcase in time on the first attempt. After the match was over, Brock Lesnar's music hit, got a huge pop. They were all surprised. Michael Cole even wanted, sounded like he wanted to mention, I don't believe it, we thought, dot, 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 and he didn't say anything. Lesnar came down the aisle and gave Theory an F5, not once, but twice, once in the ring and then once on the briefcase. He then started to beat Theory with the briefcase in the back. Lesnar posed in the ring and smiled to end SmackDown. On this Friday. Next week, we got the SummerSlam Go Home Show. SummerSlam is on Saturday next week. Drew McIntyre takes on Sheamus in a shillelagh match, an Irish shillelagh match. Lacey Evans goes one-on-one with Aaliyah again. And the New Day takes on the new and vicious Viking Raiders. That is your smack. Usos did not get pinned. Yes, they lost, but they did not get pinned. So that was SmackDown tonight. Same old shit, same old shit. Briefly, very briefly, going to go over uh, Rampage here, man. I'm not going to get into uh, the whole dynamic of, uh, of Rampage here. Hangman Page and John Silver defeated Butcher and Blade with the bunny. We got a hype package with Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia for the ROH Pure Championship. I thought that was great. I'm very much looking forward to that match on Saturday night for the Ring of Honor Pure title. Uh, It highlighted the accident of Daniel Garcia, and he was out for six months recovering for his leg, and he was talking about his mother assisting him to go to the bathroom. It was awesome stuff there. Uh, He's going to go to war with Wheeler Yuta for the pure title. It's going to be a great match, man. I'm very much looking forward to that. It may be the match of the night. Definitely has the potential to be match of the night if they let them go. Claudio was out there. He was in the ring, cut a promo, talked about his upcoming match with Jonathan Gresham for the RH world title. Claudio talked about him not being a world champion. And this is the one thing that's eluded him his entire career, but that he knew he was the best because the fans have always had his back and always supported him. And he knows he's the best. He says he's going to win the title and prove that he is the best living up to all of the fans' expectations. I think Claudio's winning the title. I don't know about you guys, but I think Claudio is winning the title. I think if Tony Khan is going to want Ring of Honor to be where it needs to be to present them for a TV deal or streaming rights deal, whatever the case may be, and he wants to present them as the most attractive offer, uh, Claudio needs to be the world champion. I don't think that happens with Jonathan Gresham. Now, I know Jonathan Gresham is uh, the Ring of Honor world champion. He's held the title for about nine months. He just turned heel. But I think Claudio is the right choice. If it doesn't happen now, I think uh, it's a mistake. And I think there's a new champion on Saturday night. We got a very nice hype video for Wardlow airing. 
Warlow promised to beat anyone up in any promotion, AEW, Ring of Honor, or any other locker room. He will defend that TNT title against all comers. So it looks like we're getting uh, a lot of people about to step into Wardlow's world. Good. Let's get him some wins and get that title built back up the way it used to. Lee Moriarty defeated Dante Martin with Matt Seidel. Stokely Hathaway smiled at the finish of the match and offered his card to Moriarty. Moriarty refused. Stokely Hathaway continued to smile, realizing that he may be getting through to Moriarty. Matt Seidel grabbed the microphone and said that he was going to face Lee Moriarty next week on Rampage. Oh, great. Can't wait. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter defeated Sky Blue and Ashley DM Boys. Let me tell you something, man. This was a very good tag team match for Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, man. They looked really, really impressive. They did. And Sky Blue, man, let me tell you, man. Sky Blue is going to be uh, an incredible... <laughs> Asset. Incredible asset to the company, man. Seriously. I think I think her future is bright in the company. Give her a couple of years to uh, mature, and Sky Blue is going to be a very good uh, <laughs> asset to the company. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Sky Blue and Ashley DM boys. Britt Baker takes care of them easily with Jamie Head. The Gun Club and the Acclaim, they have a rap battle. Colton Gunn got underneath this guy. I wish I had somebody transcribe this for me, man. There was a lot going on here. But all I need to tell you is that uh, Max Caster absolutely destroyed Austin Gunn. Or Colton Gunn, I believe. Oh, it was Austin Gunn. I think it was Austin Gunn. I'm sorry. I don't even know who's who anymore. Colton Gunn got underneath the skin of Anthony Bowens a bit. Uh, It was Colton Gunn. I'm sorry. Uh, Ending uh, with them telling the Acclaim to suck it. Caster was vastly on top of his game here over Gunn, and Gunn started to uh, pretty much tear up at the sight of Max Caster destroying him. Uh, The Acclaim were declared the victor, and the Guns pretty much attacked the entire Acclaimed posse that was out there, beating them down in the ring, leaving them laying after a garbage can shot to Max Caster's skull. So it looks like we're getting the tag team match between those two. Uh, I think it starts by beating the Gun Club, and I think it starts with that and them being built up as the next AEW Tag Team Champions. That's what I think should be happening. AEW Dynamite, Fight for the Fallen, happening on Dynamite. I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to be honest with you. This was probably the most unimpressed I've been with AEW since their their inception. This entire week. I'm not, I I wasn't feeling AEW this week, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the end of Dynamite was a, a complete black eye. I feel like uh, I, I just feel like things were just. I hate. I fucking hate the way this show is produced. I do. I hate the way Rampage, Rampage is produced. It's a waste. It's a complete fucking waste. We got matches starting with no intros. We got fucking show moving at a thousand miles a minute. I mean, NXT ran at one hour, man. NXT never ran like this. NXT never ran like this on the network. So why are they doing Rampage show so so dirty? I don't know, man. I just, AEW, AEW this week, man, gets a thumbs down for me. I don't know what it is. Not really into what they did this week. I'm not. I thought what they did, man, needs to be, needs to come back out next week and just completely just take a chill pill. Seriously, take a fucking chill pill, man. It, it doesn't have to be fucking 30 matches on a goddamn one-hour show. 
You don't have to load up every fucking show that you're on. Seriously. Dynamite next week. Got Thunder Rosa versus Mayu Yamashita for the AW World, Women's World Championship. Ricky Starks versus Danhausen for the FTW Championship. Rampage next week. Matt Seidel versus Lee Moriarty. More matches will be added to both shows, apparently during the broadcast of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. We got more matches. We got more matches added to the pre-show, man. More matches added to the pre-show. We got Allison K versus Willow Nightingale. We got Shinobi Shadow Squad versus the Trustbusters. We got Cole Cabana versus Anthony Henry. And we got Brian Cage and Gates of Agony with Tully Blanchard versus Tony Deppin, Alex Zane, and Blake Christian. Sounds like a pretty solid match right there, but... Um, I mean, four matches on the zero-hour pre-show, man, really? I mean, four matches on the pre-show. I don't know. It is what it is. Ring of Honor's card. Yesterday was Thunder Rosa's birthday. Oh, shit. Did we wish Thunder Rosa a happy birthday, Jesse? Happy birthday to Thunder Rosa. Happy belated birthday to Thunder Rosa. When I see her, I'll get her something. If I see her. I don't know. Next time I see her, I'm paying her to pilot drive me. That's what I'm uh, about to do. A pile driver for her birthday. I think she'd enjoy that. Gresham versus Claudio. Roosh versus Dragon Lee was added to the show. I'm all right with that. Roosh versus Dragon Lee. Sounds good to me, bro. Righteous against Dalton Castle the bo- and the boys for the Ring of Honor six-man championship. Wheeler, Utah versus Daniel Garcia for the Pure Championship. Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deep for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. FTR versus Briscoes, two or three falls for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. And Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Christopher Daniels with Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh. Jay Lethal beats Christopher Daniels in the main event. Decent little match between these two guys here. Daniels hit a blue thunder bomb on Lethal for a two count. Went for the best moonsault ever. Lethal got up, hit the lethal combination. Went for a flying elbow, but Daniels got the foot up and rolled Lethal up. Lethal went for the figure four. Lethal kicked out, hit a boot before eventually hitting Lethal Injection for the one, two, three. That's pretty much it. He then choked out Daniels on the floor with a real rear naked choke to egg on. Samoa Joe before the television championship is defended tomorrow night at Death Before Dishonor. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been one hell of a night, man. Between tonight and earlier, man, we neared 9,000 live viewers. Thank you guys very much, man. I hope you learned something from me today. I hope you took away something from tonight's show. I appreciate you guys for all the support, man. Been doing this for uh, a few years now full-time, man. This this news today really, really validated and justified what I what I do here, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we're all on the same page. I'm glad you and I both see the, the possibility for change. 
you know? And it's funny, man. You know, all, all the narrative is in the community. Oh, JD's negative. JD's negative. He hates on WWE, man. He's a AEW shill. What are they, they going to say now, man, when I'm absolutely excited for the future of WWE and Vince McMahon being gone? What are they going to say now? That narrative doesn't work anymore, bro. I just want a better product. I've always wanted a better product. So you can't use that excuse that I'm always negative anymore. Follow me on social media, guys, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Also, hit that thumbs up, man. We got 1,000. The new minimum is 1,200. 1,200 likes is the minimum right here on OTS. Five new members tonight, man. Get those memberships in. We're going all VIP on Sunday. Members only on Sunday night for the chat. So if you want to join in on the fun and the festivities and you want to hang out with a great group of people, you're going to want to sit VIP. And tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. Join honey.com slash off the script. Make sure you guys go download the free web browser. Start saving some money using Honey. 17 million members, over 2 billion in savings. You help me out when you download the free web browser, man, using our link. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. We got a lot of super chats to read through, man, because I didn't finish reading the super chats from earlier today. So let's pick it up, man. CJ Voorhees, 93 with a $2 super chat. Kevin Dunn is chowing down on extra wood in tears. He's next to go, bro. Derek Jones with a $5 super chat. I'm so glad Vincent Kennedy McMahon is retired and Brock walked out too. Yes. This made my freaking day. Today should be a national holiday going for. Well, Brock walked out and then came back. But yes, today was a monumental day, Derek Jones. Sinister Classic with a $5 Super Chat. Too bad Vince didn't retire before they wanted to make Judgment Day spooky. Drew down 65. When Triple H was running NXT, he made me believe that he can run WWE with no problem. Excited for what the future holds. Cheers, everybody. Thank you, Drew. Elite TV with a $5 Super Chat. Thoughts on the likeliness of Heyman taking over creative. There is a possibility, Elite. There is a possibility. Bruce is not going to be there much longer. The Leninator with a five in UK. Finally, Vince steps away. Scottish whiskey on the house. OTS for life. Thank you, Leninator. Appreciate you, brother. Bruce Craft Jr. with a 499 Super Chat. Thoughts on who leads creative at WWE by the end of the year? Thoughts on Levesque heading creative? Who do you want to see lead creative? Bro, I talked about all of this today. I talked about all of this, man. Bruce, I, I hope I gave you the answer that you desired, man. I talked about this extensively today. Joshua Bennett with a $20 Super Chat. Thank you, Joshua Bennett. After... Being on a hiatus of pro wrestling since the beginning of the year, this moment was probably one of the few things that would bring me back. Well, I guess here we fucking are. 
Cheers. Joshua, thank you so much, brother. Swagios, 14, with a 9.99 Super Chat. CM Punk called his day in the pipe bomb. Yes, he did. Talked about that tonight. My boy, Guardian of Chaos, 9.99 Super Chat. Appreciate the hustle, JD. OTS is the authority. Jesse is beside himself. Jesse's pretty excited, too. Nigel. 999 Super Chat. JD, my girlfriend used, used to find you annoying because I would always play your videos early in the morning while getting ready for work, but now she loves you. OTS for life. Nigel, you better give your girlfriend the kiss for me, bro. Thank you to Nigel's girlfriend. I hear that a lot, man. The wives or the girlfriends. Oh, who is this guy? He's so annoying. And then they just... They just... Succumb. Eddie Paul King with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. Having some Jim Beam for this. Cheers, JD. Love the outro. Best in the YWC. Love to see the support here. 5K viewers earlier. 5,800, brother. Zachary R. Francis with a $5 Super Chat. Do you believe NXT can finally get back to where it used to be now with Triple H? Back at EVP again. I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you, Zachary. I don't know. I don't know, man. I hope so. Austin Bros with a 199 Super Chat. Curious. How are you a Braves fan in New York? Why is... Why is most of the country a Dallas Cowboy fanatic? I don't know. Why is Dallas Cowboys known as America's team? I don't know. David Justice. David Justice is what got me into the Atlanta Braves. Tenario, one, two, eight with a $5 super chat. Do you think Morrow will be back? Yes, with AEW. Lost Star with a $5 super chat. Can I get the tallest blue moon you got? Tremendous day. OTS for life. Kevin and Bruce next. Can I get a Kevin Dunn? Ah, <laughs> uh, would yeah. DJ Foot Clan with a $5 super chat. WWE about to be great again. Champa about to get that well-deserved push. I don't know, man. We'll see. It's going to take some time, bro. KJ with a $5 Super Chat. Stephanie McMahon is opening SmackDown, and Brock just walked out of WWE tonight. Well, I guess we, uh, we kind of went over all that. Santos C with a $5 Super Chat. They won't call Brock unprofessional because Stephanie and Triple H are better than that. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right about that, Santo. Prodigy with a final super chat. Final question, JD. Are you covering death before dishonor tomorrow night? Absolutely. I will be live tomorrow night. Marquise with a $2 super chat. Oh, happy day, JD. Cheers to you. Vince is gone. Tribal Chief with a Canadian $2 super chat. I hope all the titles get redesigned eventually. And Kaz Rush with a $9.99. This is the greatest day in WWE's history. We won, JD. Celebrate this good times. Thank you, Kaz. Appreciate you, brother. 
Now we get into tonight's Super Chat. We got a $20 bomb by Jonathan McGardle. He should have played Come and Celebrate. Come on. Yes, and then I'll get copyright struck. And then I make no money on my video, Jonathan. Come on now, bro. Tony Brown. With two 499 Super Chats, he says, Good day for meat and meat lovers. Tony, tonight was a very good meat day, bro. Tonight was a very good meat day, man. Especially on Rampage. There's somebody in the chat that called me a midget. Get him out. I don't know why they're in here. There he is. Oh, Walt Clyde. Oh, Walt Clyde in the chat. JD's a midget begging for likes and super chats. No, Walt Clyde, I'm just that fucking good. You fucking pussy. Get out of my chat, bro. And, and, and while you're at it, stop clipping my Twitter, bro. I know you're addicted to my fucking cock. Get off of my Twitter and stop clipping my Twitter for your own fucking personal YouTube page, bro. You can't grow without me. Remember that. Get him the fuck out. I don't beg for shit. You know why? Because I get what I get because I'm fucking great at what I do. And I got the best fucking community in the entire IWC, man. You wish you had the platform I did, bitch. And you know what? You'll never have the platform I have because you're not as fucking talented as I am. And I got more talent in the tip of my fucking cock than you do in your entire fucking body, man. Get the fuck out. Clip that, bitch. Your fucking girlfriend, if you had... I'm sorry, man. Girlfriend, he's got a fucking blow-up doll underneath his fucking bed. If you had a girlfriend, man, I'd satisfy her more by her looking at a picture of me than you actually sticking your fucking two-inch dick in her fucking pussy, bro. I'll get her off just by fucking smiling in a fucking photograph. See this salt and pepper beer, bro? I didn't I didn't fucking do this, man. This is this is nothing that I fucking manipulate, man. I woke I woke up with this, man. Fuck out of here. Wall clawed my fucking ass. Fucking pussy, man. The fuck out of my goddamn chat. Yeah, clip that. Clip that and post it on your YouTube page, bro. I guarantee you'll get fucking 5,000 views. Oh, look, JT roasted me on his fucking YouTube. Every one of my haters' most popular video has my name in the title, bro. What the fuck does that say? 
It means your content sucks and my content, you're basically telling everybody that my content is better than your content. Yeah, man, I'm so, I'm so fucking upset. I'm so upset. Everybody's most, everybody's most liked tweet has me in the fucking tweet. Everybody's most popular video has my name in the title. Why? Some of the fucking best that there is in this goddamn community, man. Don't forget it. And by the way, I'm not sure if you, you, you read Vince today, retired. The greatest day ever, bro. Fuck him. Fuck him. Hope he fucking burns in hell. I hope he fucking rots. Hope he rots in the fucking rotting, in, in, the, in the recliner that he sits in every night. In his fucking rocking chair. Hope he dwindles into fucking nothing but a bag of skin and bones. Good riddance. Uh, Chris Leon with a two-month membership. Great start to the weekend. Vince is gone. Death before dishonors tomorrow. Got some nice beach weather for the weekend. Let's party. You better believe it, bro. You better believe it, man. Let's party. Charles Wright with a two-month membership. JD, been listening to your stuff for two and a half years. I listen to your stuff when I'm at work, and you get me through work. Thanks, man. JD number one. Appreciate you, Charles. I'm glad I could uh, assist you in getting you the proper entertainment that you need at work. Wrestling DVD geek with a 999. Hopefully this means no more gimmick pay-per-views and bring custom set designs back. I think everybody's jumping the gun, man. I think everybody's jumping the gun. Let it settle. Let's get the proper people in place. Let's get Triple H where he needs to be. And let's get Bruce out. Paul Van Tassel with a 20-month membership. New management, same old lame SmackDown. Paul, this was Bruce Pritchard tonight. This was Bruce Pritchard tonight, man. Uh, Jake Carpenter with the new membership. Thank you, Jake. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Uh, King Mo Jackson with the 199 Super Chat. Christmas has come to us all. Thank you, Vince. Yes, Christmas in July. I never understood Christmas in July, but here we are, man. Now I fully understand that it's going to be Christmas in July every fucking year for me from now on. Tenario, 128. What's up, JD? Question, who is your favorite movie villain? My favorite movie villain? That's a tough one, man. I don't know. I don't know. Megatron. From the original Transformer movie. The cartoon. Heath Ledger. Dark Knight. Vincent O'Connell. With a $10 super chat. Watch 350 Days on Amazon. The best documentary on wrestling. You will love it, J.D. Scenario to go back to your question, man. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, Joker, 
and Anthony Hopkins in all of the Silence of the Lamb movies, especially the first one and Hannibal. Common Man Collectibles with a $10 super chat. Nancy Argentino, Tom Cole, Shatterton, Massaro, and others are not random names. They are moms, sisters, daughters, and friends because it's legal. Doesn't mean it's right, regardless of what McDivitt says. My boy Daniel with the email, man. There's a lot of people that stopped watching because of what Vince McMahon did. Edward with a $25 super chat. Been listening to you for years and worth it for today. Nick Khan is the whistleblower. Could the dirt on Vince be a reason why Rock Roman at Mania has never been scheduled? Khan and Rock are close friends, just saying. I don't know, man. It's a very good question. It's a, it's a solid question. I do think if Nick Khan is the whistleblower, um... It may be a reason why The Rock would not want to work with the company, man. Maybe The Rock knew. Could be a possibility. Rock would do absolutely nothing to tarnish his image, especially if there is a desire there for him to run for president of the United States. Which I do think he will. I do think The Rock, in the next in the next eight years, in the next eight to twelve years, Dwayne Johnson will be will be president of the United States. I predict that. Chelsea, with a five-month membership. Thank you, Chelsea. We going for the milestone. Let's go. Party all weekend. Try that vanilla chocolate whiskey, King JD, OTS for infinity. Great streams today. Thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate you. And the reason why I say Dwayne Johnson for president, if you guys watch Young Rock, there's a scene, I believe, in season one where you see Dwayne Johnson standing in front of a podium and it says, uh, President 2032 or something like that. I, I truly believe that if you see it like that in something like a television show like that, man, I, I really do believe in, in predictive programming. I, re I really do. I don't think that's put in there by, by just, you know, coincidence or because it looks cool. I do think Dwayne Johnson will be president of the United States, given the current climate of the country. I do think that Dwayne Johnson in the next uh, 8 to 12 years will be president of the United States. Kaz Rush with a 999 Super Chat. I truly thought Vince would keep going forever to the point where his head would be kept in a jar for good. Today was a good day. Bro, people thought that this man was going to fucking die in the company. Die in that chair. Young Bakugo with a $5 super chat. I agree, Jesse. No world leader will ever say no to him. I, I don't think... I, listen, man, if Dwayne Johnson runs for president, I don't see how anybody doesn't vote for him.
Gerald Briscoe is mad and crusty. At least the territories would still be around if Vince never existed. Jesus Saldana with a $5 super chat. My moments happened when WWE refused to release Brody Lee, Luke Harper, and utterly disrespected. That is a good reason, bro. That is a good reason. Captain Solo with a $10 super chat. This is too good to be true. Has what we've wanted for so long finally happened? If so, good riddance to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yes, Captain Solo, this is all legit, man. This is not fake whatsoever. Johnny Boy with a 999 super chat. Stephanie McMahon looks like Caitlyn Jenner. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Stephanie McMahon is a very attractive female, man. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. And give Theory his full name back. Yes. As soon as Bruce is gone, man, we're not going to be having people fucking having their names cut. John Lamey with a new membership. Thank you, John. I appreciate you, brother. Kaz Rush, Kaz Rush with a 499 Super Chat. I will never forgive WWE for screwing over the vaude villains, Aiden English and Simon Gotch, one of the most creative gimmicks I've ever seen. Yeah, man, there's just some things that don't translate well to the main roster, man. The presentation was great. That shit was never getting over on the main roster. Hooligram with a $10 super chat. Now Bruce can work on his magic skills by making KFC buckets vanish. The wrestling mind in me thinks Vince did this to save his ass. If he gets charged with anything, then he can come out of retirement. Nah, I think there's I think there's too much, Hooligram. I think whatever the Wall Street Journal is about to unleash, it's gonna end him. Also, don't worry about missing the stream earlier, brother. I went over a lot, plus I added more in tonight's stream. MGM Bowling with a 999 Super Chat. Really upset I missed the stream earlier today. I was working. Shouldn't be an issue for long, though. I start my first professional job out of college on Monday, so I'll be a 9-to-5 guy just like Mr. 9-to-5. Love to hear it, Ballin'. Don't worry, man. Tonight we added another great stream. LJL2685 with a 499 Super Chat. Triple H could fix the women's division, possibly get Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and maybe Kyrie Sane. Get EO Shirai to stay. Bro, there's so much. There's so much. All of those women are either gone or are about to walk out. Triple H could get them all to stay with him in charge. Sinister Classic with a $5 super chat. I'm drinking a whiskey sour now. We won't get scripts ripped up before the show goes live. Papa H on the phone with Khan about Forbidden Door 2. Roman versus Kenny. Bro, we really we really need to stop the... Uh, The AEW narrative here, man. 
Seriously. Let's get Bruce out of power. That's our next move. Eddie Hazard with a 12-month membership. Thank you, Eddie. Please tell me this actually goes through. My Super Chats haven't worked in two months. Bon voyage, Vince. Smell you never. I got it, brother. Angel Alaga with a $50 Super Chat. JD, I agree with everything you said. And Vince, retiring is a great day for us wrestling fans. Thank you, Angel. Cheers to you, brother. Marcus Zimmerman with a new membership. Marcus, thank you so much, brother. Cobra's third cousin with a $2 super chat. Shout out my boy, Hugh Janice. He's a huge fan. Yes, Hugh Janice. Yes. That's your boy, Hugh, J- Hugh Janice is a huge fan. Sure he is. Ransley Haynes with a 199 Super Chat. Is WWE short-term booking finally going to be gone? I hope so. I certainly hope so, man. Maybe we could get uh, a new intro, man. Triple H and long-term booking. Yes. Hugh Janice is neighbors with Camille Toe. Chelsea, who's ignoring you, bro? Who's ignoring Chelsea in the chat? The fuck is wrong with you? Francis Loop with a $5 super chat. So if Brock Lesnar walked out, is management saying he's unprofessional or is that just for Sasha and Naomi? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, Francis. I have no fucking idea. Shinobi with a four-month membership. Shinobi, thank you so much, brother. Hugh Janice is neighbors with Camille Toe and Mike Hunt. Yes. D. Henry with a $5 super chat. What do you think was the best year of WWE? I don't know, man. 90, I would say, I don't know, 90, 98, 99. Don Fanucci with a new membership. Thank you, Don. Tenario went away with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? New match added for Death Before Dishonor. Rouge versus Dragon Lee. Yes, Tenario went over that tonight, bro. Brian Blair becomes a new member. Brian, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight, bro? I'm taking 1999 over 2002. I agree with Jesse, man. I'm taking 1999. 98 was good, too, man. I love that 98-99 period. I love that 98 to 2000 period. 
Shinobi with a $2 super chat. Thank you for always being there, bro. Shinobi, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, man. Don Finucci with a $5 super chat. What brand of whiskey do you recommend for my JD fashion? Love everything you do. OTS for life. Bro, listen, man. I'm still learning my ways of the whiskey uh, of the whiskey realm, bro. I could tell you right now, I love I love Bullet. I love Buffalo Trace. I love Blade and Bow. If you guys can find Blade and Bow. Excellent for an old fashioned. Um, Woodford is always Woodford Reserve is always good. I like a bourbon whiskey though. It's got to be bourbon for me, not rye. But when I find something new, Don, you know, I'm always telling you guys. I'm always, I'm always letting you guys know. Not yes, not Creek, not Creek. I absolutely hooligan. Yes, I could have to get not Creek. I love not Creek. I'd probably put Knob Creek number one for me. Knob Creek, Bullet, and then Blade and Bow. Right now. Furious Nation with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? What day? What a day it has been, my man. CM Punk's pipe bomb promo 11 years ago rang true, and I truly can't wait for OTS this Sunday. It's going to be one hell of a weekend, man. We may actually hit 135,000 subs this weekend. I did try proper 12 whiskey. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Uh, IWN Gamer with a $2 super chat. Happy Vince retired. We will get a better show now. I hope. Uh, I hope, man. Nothing is set in stone yet. Bruce Kraft Jr. $9 super chat. Did you read my super chat from earlier? Yes, I did, Bruce. Hopefully you read it. Or you heard it. Who do you think will take over creative after Pritchard? Um, Bruce, listen, brother. I thank you for the super chats. I went over all of this today, man. My vote is for Triple H. Who will lead creative at the end of the year? I hope it's anybody but Bruce. I seriously hope it's anybody but Bruce, bro. Kal-El with a $5 super chat. Damn, JD, did you have to burn dude so harsh? Homelander from the boys is a great villain. No, but VKM has been a WWE villain, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I had to burn him, dude. IWN Gamer with a $5 super chat. You are still my only favorite podcast, and I'm still inspired by what you do. I even gave you a shout-out on my other channel, on my SmackDown Watch Along. Thank you, bro. James with a $5 super chat. You never got my 13 month earlier. Keep, keep her moving always. Also, your roast of that troll earlier. I've just now stopped crying from laughter. James, I thought I I thought I read it, bro. I could have swore I read I could have swore I read whatever you whatever you had sent in, bro. But thank you for the five, bro. 
Kelly with a 199 Super Chat. I can hear Vince saying, my precious, my WWE gone. Yes. Furious Nation with a $5 Super Chat. In your opinion, do you think Kevin Dunn goes first before Bruce does? Yes, I do. Hoping both go. Also, I apologize earlier for jumping the gun a little bit. No worries, man. No worries at all. I do think Kevin Dunn is gone by the weekend. That's my prediction. Louie. Louie wrecks this with a 499 Super Chat. Join the show late tonight, but eh, would. Would. And Furious Nation with a $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Furious. Also, I can't believe Raw 1000 occurred on this day 10 years ago. Though I will say that Raw is way too long at three hours. Cheers, JD, and good night, bro. You know, everybody wants to make uh, the TV 14 change the thing that's going to take Monday Night Raw and make it better. No. TV 14 is not going to change a fucking thing about Monday Night Raw. You know what's going to change something about Monday Night Raw? When they reduce the fucking show back to two hours. That's the first thing. If it is really a USA Network decision, TV 14 should be the last thing that's on their fucking mind. Getting that show back to two hours should be the one thing that USA Network does. Guys, what a day, man. What a fucking day, man. Jesus Christ. Kal-El with a $5 Super Chat. Do you think AEW will be okay if WWE gets back to how it could be and should be? Mustangs rule. I think they'll be fine. They'll step it up. AEW will step it up in the heat of competition. WWE should be stepping it up in the heat of competition from AEW, but they feel like they don't give a shit. They They feel like they don't have to be better. Guys, I hope you enjoyed what I had given you tonight, man. Um, Three hours tonight, two hours, five hours of streams, plus four hours of wrestling, man. I'm done. I'm done. What a day. What a day it has been. I'll be live Saturday night, guys. Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. If you guys are interested in that type of thing, I will be here live talking about it all. So join me live on YouTube inside the OTS venue. We'll talk about Ring of Honor and everything that comes out of that show tomorrow night. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are in the description. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for all the super chats. Continue to join channel members only on Sunday. And go check out the live stream from earlier today where we break the news on Vince McMahon retiring from WWE. Instant reaction. If you guys missed that, it is up on the homepage right now. Guys, give me those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I know you got them. Those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow night live on Off the Script with Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. And I'll see you Saturday night, guys. See you later.